and host of Talk That Talk, award-winning journalist Terrell Chatterbox Emerson. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. I am Terrell Chatterbox Emerson. Behind the camera, I have two people, as always. I have my Florida man, fact checker, Salim Dweck. We're here. You did. And of course, on Sundays, Kobe Rich is in the building. What's going on, Coaster? Vibing. So that means it is 12 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, so you guys know what time it is. It's time to talk that talk. We got some quick stuff to get to. Of course, we got some quick hits, actually, to start off with, both in the NBA. Um, aside from that, I want to start off the way that we typically always start off, which is family-related issues. Celine, you are in the, not even the middle, you were in the first week of Ramadan, correct? Yeah, man. Talk to us. Well, it's about uh, six days in there. No, it's good, man. You know, try not to do anything strenuous during the day. Uh, going to the gym at night, which is hard because after you stuff your face with food, I mean, you're just like, you got the itis. Right. You don't want to, but you got to force yourself. So. Well, again, we appreciate you for being with us. We know that this can be uh, kind of difficult, especially at a time like this. Um, is it, I feel like I ask you this every year, but is it, does this experience differ from year to year? So it's based off the uh, lunar calendar. That's how the calendar works. So it's 10 days earlier every month, every uh Every year. Ten days earlier. So okay. about next year, instead of starting the 12th, it'll start by April 2nd, April 1st, and then so forth. Wow. So when it's in the middle of the summer, like it was like five, six years ago, yeah, it's bad. Wow. Now it's not so bad because, like, you know, the sun goes down like 7.15. It's not so bad. But in the dead summer, when the sun goes down at like 8.40, <laughs> and it comes up at like 4.30 in the morning... And it's just 110. Deg- yeah, that can be that can be difficult. Those this are the brutal ones. This isn't too bad. Those are the brutal ones. And the next five or six years, when it starts getting into the winter, it'll be real nice. So we actually, uh, you were a part of our Juneteenth celebration, which we've already reached out and got some people on the committee. If you guys were a part of our Juneteenth celebration last year, that brought in over 30,000 listeners. We appreciate you guys so much, and we will continue to to work on that every single year. Every single year, um, Salim, you're a part of that, and we talk all the time about just uh minorities in america just their their paths crossing and um i believe we were talking about fasting and like the idea of ramadan for people that fast um do you feel like they're clearly don't have to worry about the time restraints but do you feel like they're somewhat doing somewhat like a variation of what you're doing i mean people are fasting all across the world right now like uh like 1.6 or 7 billion people so it's uh yeah man i mean you get used to it like the first couple days it's like it can be difficult but then like your body just starts to get used to it. actually when ramadan ends like in the days after like you're not that hungry because your, your body, body is just like okay we, we're not eating i guess shit wow so it, you have to remind yourself after ramadan oh yeah i gotta eat See, and even then, like, I feel like the one, th- I don't want to say the one time, because I've done it a couple times, but never, like, s- like extensive period time periods, per se. Yeah. But um, I remember when me and my brother, I don't even know why we did it. We were younger, and my brother was saying that basically he was going to survive a couple of days just with straight water. And I was like, you're a sick human being, but we're going to see. <laughs> and um, sure enough, I was like, I'm going to do it, too. And I'm like a kid. And I'll be honest, water and oranges for a couple of days? Yeah, it's difficult. Fam, 
I, I know people who go on like juice fasts. Yeah. And uh, well, I know somebody who went on a juice fast and they like lost 95 pounds in like four months. That's insane. And but the thing with that is, it's not I kind of really meant being on a juice diet for four months is insane. It, it's not really sustainable because when you're when you're done with that, you're going to just kind of go back to eating the way you like, you know what I mean? Okay, so can we get to the elephant in the room? Salim, I have things all around me and in front of me, and we do this every single year, bro. And I try my best to not feel like I'm being one of those people that makes things harder for people. Mm. But how have you worked in your discipline? Because, first of all, let's, let's, let's get everything out on the table. You don't drink. No, so when we do podcasts... I be I forget. Now I get the drinks flowing. Everybody gets a cup. I get the handing you a cup, and you look at me every single time like, "Fam, <laughs> I don't drink." But your discipline is kind of out of this world. So during times like this, I'm sitting here worried about like whether I should be drinking or or eating certain things in front of you, and nah. like you just did behind the camera, you kind of waved me off. What? How? How did you build up that discipline? Or is just it over, over time? the years? Yeah, yeah, man. That's why, like, as a kid, I couldn't fast just because, like, as a kid, you don't have the discipline. It wasn't until I was, like, 16 that I could really fast, like, for the month. Wow. So, I don't know, man. It's it's just a matter. I remember one time I was sit like, it was Ramadan. It was, like, six, seven years ago. And I was sitting down next to somebody. And they had, like, this chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A and the waffle fries and oh the Chick-fil-A bro. sauce. And the smell was just going to my nostrils, like, just straight up there. And I was like, bro, I got, like, four hours left. Let me just go to sleep. <laughs> I'm just going to take a bunch of Advil PM and kill the time. <laughs> but see, but is that – okay, last question. It's a little harder here, I would say. Just like – while it is uh, – it's hot in Florida too. Okay. It's dry here, and it gets your mouth dry. That's what I was going to say. So I'm the sorry. thirst can kind of get you more here. But overall, it's uh, it's only really that bad in the summer. All right, so we're not going to do the full 10 minutes on this, but I do have one additional question yeah, for you. Yeah, bro. Now that everything is in 24 hours here in Vegas, is it difficult for you to have to realize that you're waking up at, let's say let, let's say you're working. And let's yeah, say you're yeah. working and you get through with your work, let's say around 930, whatever the case may be, you realize, oh, dope, the sun is down. I'm going to go home, shower. By the time you get out, a lot of places closes at 10 now. Close at 10 now. I mean, at I, least I, until May 1st. I cook most of the time at home anyway, so okay. it's not, but uh, I go to Winco and Walmart and I went to Winco yesterday, Got bro. Good prices. $266 at Winco. Good prices, though. Amazing prices. I have food for, like, the next, like, month. Yeah, no, <laughs> Winco's ridiculous. awesome. Uh, no, man, it's it's good. Like, I, I don't have any uh, I don't have any complaints. You just have to really just remember why you're doing it mm-hmm. and also the fact that, like, it's just delayed gratification. Like, yeah, I could drink water now, but I'm going to feel like shit right after and be like, damn, I really... You know what I mean? So. Didn't need to do that. Yeah. Well, again, we appreciate you for being here, as always. Kobe, yeah, man. you too. How you feeling? I see you in workout attire. Every time you come in here, you're in workout attire. What's up with you? What's up with the gym job? Two weeks. What day does it fall on? Can I attend?
you have your lock-in periods, though, for sure. I don't know if we can tell this story now, but I'm going to try. Last year, you said the same exact thing. <laughs> no, absolutely. Like, I tell people all the time, sometimes it's okay to, it's okay to talk your shit. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. And when you're, when you're over here holding records, I think that might be the time to do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, everybody's busy. Everybody's working. We're going to hop right into the show. We're about 10 minutes in. And, of course, this is Talk That Talk radio show. And we record live from the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino from the largest super book in the world for over 50 years, formerly known as the largest hotel in the world for nearly a decade. The Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino is located at 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. So me and Salim are going to try to do our best right now. To not react. Actually, let me speak for myself. I'm going to try to not react. Salim has not told me once that he's going to not try to react. We're talking about the Pacers game? We're talking about our games in general. Oh, yeah. So we're literally in the middle. This is a family. This is a hometown affair right now. So I'm watching my beloved Pacers take on. Shout out to Jeremy. Shout out to Bruce. Shout out to Roman. No, I have not. You got to go to a game out there, man. I, oh, absolutely. I want to. And I want to see us play the Knicks. Um, shout out to those guys because we're playing the Atlanta Hawks. And right next to that, we're watching the San Francisco Giants in Miami taking on the Marlins. So let's go Marlins, right? Oh, yeah, man. We, uh, we beat them last night on uh, Jorge Alfaro was the hero. So that was pretty cool, man. Beat them. Marlins are 7-7 seven and seven right now. That's a win for you, isn't it? Man, all these people, I saw, like, Westgate or whoever had, like, the win total, like, at 66. And if it was Westgate, you, you want to speak to somebody? I mean, <laughs> go call look, Ray. I'm not saying the Marlins are going to make the playoffs, but 66 wins, that's disrespectful, bro. You're not the Pirates, are you? No, I mean, the Pirates, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, uh, the Pirates have a payroll of about $40 million. You know who has less than that? The Marlins. No. Oh. <laughs> the Baltimore Orioles. Mm-hmm. At twenty-four million dollars, they have a payroll of twenty-four million dollars. <laughs> Just a couple fun facts from our fact checkers. I, I feel like in baseball, as an owner, you should get fined if you like. <laughs> if you don't produce, there should be a salary floor. Like there should be a floor that you have to hit. No, <laughs> no, you got to give away this much money at least, at the very least. You gotta, you gotta spend money on your team. I mean, uh, Baltimore says otherwise. <laughs> Yeah, no, and, you know, that's why we should make them. You don't <laughs> deserve to have Camden Yards. <laughs> yeah, now, that is an argument I'm down to have. If you're the owner of that team and you spend 20, and your payroll's $24 million, that's a joke, man. Hmm. Let's see what my mom sent us for today. She sent us, it is a thousand times better to have common sense without education than to have education without common sense. I think I might say this one. This one might be my background for a little bit. Because, let me say this one more time. It is a thousand times better to have common sense without education than to have education without common sense. Yeah, that's true. A lot of people that uh, go to higher education, you know, I don't know, man. I, like, I always wonder, like, how the hell did you get that far? Uh, Knowing people. And that's why what's so interesting is, like, when people love to say, uh, 
I've had people co- like try to combat what my parents have told me in the past um, in terms of uh, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And that's why uh, I've always said, shout out to Mr. Brown from high school, my economics and, and government teacher, he added to that. He said, um, it's not what you know, it's who you know, but what you know keeps you there. And I loved it. I was like, I, I, I can add that to the back end of that. But to say that it's not, I told this story before, and I said it, I think, last podcast. Um, when I tore my Achilles, I didn't tell anybody. I asked my teacher if there was somebody, like, on campus, like a therapist type that you could talk to because I ended up getting evicted. And that's how the story ended up getting to my academic advisor. That's how I got my hardship grant. Let's be honest. It's because I knew somebody. Communication. You got to communicate. That's another topic. Closed mouths don't get fed. Literally. Such. We, I think I said it in my farewell column to the chatter bo- or my farewell chatterbox corner for the paper. Um, the headline for sure is uh, when, w- when one door closes, it's best to find a window. Sometimes it's not going to be a door. Sometimes it doesn't look familiar. Yeah. If, you know, if the highways, if there's traffic on the highway, take the street. If there's traffic on the street, take the side street. You dig what if I'm saying? If there's traffic on the side street, you probably should just stay inside for that day. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> if, you, if your plan A, B, and C didn't work. Maybe maybe, maybe 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 fine to a one of them. You should just wait inside for a little bit. <laughs> order some Chinese food, some mushu. Hey, speaking of that, I had some fire Chinese food, and this is not an ad, but shout out to the Piranha Kitchen across the street from campus. Piranha Chicken, I'll check that out. Pir- oh, Piranha Kitchen. Piranha Kitchen. Piranha Kitchen, super fire. Shout out to you guys. I was like, as I said that, I was like Piranha Chicken, huh? <laughs> nah, man, Piranha Kitchen. But let's hop into some quick hits. We're letting we're letting the stuff fly early. Uh, I feel like we're back to our old ways. But let's talk about it, man. I think as soon as we left on Wednesday nights, uh, Thursday morning, we were – I think we literally woke up to this news. Am I, tr- am I tripping? That was Thursday morning, I think. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge announced his retirement due to an irregular heartbeat. Good we're going to get into – exactly. We're going to get into uh, that detail in, in just a few seconds. But I do want to highlight – we've seen this before. Eddie Curry retired. And I believe came back for a little bit and then ultimately retired again due to an irregular heartbeat. And I think he might have had an enlarged heart in, a, in addition Coutinho to Coutinho Mobley. Coutinho Mobley is another one. Yeah. There's another one I'm missing. And I don't know why. And I don't want to sit here for too long. But uh, you mentioned good for him. Yeah, man. Good. He the, the funny thing about it being good for him, I seen a headline that literally said, LaMarcus Aldridge retired because ball is not life. Some people not only shouldn't have a platform, but they. Uh, I they like sh- the headline, bro. We would argue. So this is so, guys. For everybody that assumes that this is one person running the show, you guys literally just heard it right now. Me and Celine would be arguing about a headline right now before it honestly, goes up to the side. I completely misunderstood. I was taking it like, uh, like the writer was. I don't know why I interpret it like this. Mm-hmm. I interpret it as like the writer saying, you know, Lamarcus doesn't love the game and it's not his life or whatever. Oh no 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 no. That's kind of like that might be the Florida man trying to trying to fight his way out like the Nettie Professor. No no no. Now I now I get what you're saying. Yeah, ball is not life. It's not it's not what it's not what it boils down to. Plus he's like 35, had a great career, Hall of Famer in my opinion, or borderline. Well let's let's give his numbers. Let's give his numbers. In 2003 2004 he was the McDonald's All American. Let's start there. Yeah. I have some numbers in here, bro, that when I tell you, you're going to be like, fam, what? He's played in 1,029 games. Averaged 19.4 points per game, 
on 49% from the field. When you average damn near 20 points on 50% shooting. On a You're pretty good. Seasons? Oh yeah, 12, Four, right? 14, 15. 14? Years? Fam. Yeah. All right. 14 years. His NBA debut was November 12, 2006. Good to know. And it'd be 36 in 3 months. 3 months is what? I don't know what the matter is, but July. Okay, so the season will still be going on. Um, Get this. His total amount of points, 9,951. Do you want to know why I'm giving you that number? Why? It's the sixth highest among active players. That's what I – like, look, seven-time All-Star, five times All-NBA, deep playoff runs. I mean – now he was there could be all rookie team as well. Yeah, there could be you know arguments about Hall of Fame, but I mean, he he should be right there, especially considering his body of work. Over you know, the interesting part is I heard somebody say it, and I don't know if it might have been Max Kellerman. He said, "I'm trying to get back into my first segue. I'm trying. Um, right, no, I believe it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what an awful show! <laughs> oh my gosh, I think it was Max. Max said um, the thing about Lamarcus Aldridge is the game for the first time ever, started to move away from his style of play. He said LaMarcus Aldridge was a great player in this decade or in this generation. But if you drop him in any other generation, he would have been just as good and or perhaps better. Yeah, although I will say he actually, in my opinion, some of his best years came with San Antonio. I mean, that one year he put up 23-9 and nine, uh uh, 50% from the field. That was one of his best years. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the game has changed, but he's adapted just by being so good in that in that mid-post area. You weren't here last week. Tyler was. Or you weren't here Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Tyler was. Um, this is still on the point, I promise you guys. Justice was with you, and then I told you he backed away from it. I don't know if I told you he backed away from Back it, but he backed away from your um, when the Houston city of Houston's bad luck started. Oh, okay. He slightly backed away. I think when he came in Wednesday and he looked me in my face and said, I thought about Salim's question. And I said, okay. He said, I'm changing my answer. I said, what? He said, we were down 3-0 to Portland. He said, we won back-to-back games. Oh, yeah. And we were up one. In game six. Yeah. He said when Dame hit that shot, he said everything started to collapse. So I say all that to say, LaMarcus Aldridge was on that team. He was the star of that team. Now, this is where I wanted you to come in, fact uh, fact checking. Can you figure out which year that was? Is that 2013, 2014? 2014. Do me a favor and go find out his uh, game one and game two. Because I, I, the interesting point was – a lot of people always say LaMarcus Aldridge never had uh, uh, eye-popping stats. I believe game one of that series, LaMarcus had 44 or 45. Let's see right now. In the following game, I believe he had the opposite, either 44 or 45. That's 99 – or excuse me, 89 points through the first two games of a playoff series. Uh, Yeah, he had 46 in his first game, then 43 in the second. Fam. Yeah. Can we give me his give me give me the lines in both games? Forty six and eighteen in the first game, forty three and eight in the second game. What did he shoot in both? 
shot 55% the first game and 64% in the uh, second game. How long before they retire 12 in Portland? I, ho I hope they do. I mean, he's... This shouldn't be a hope. Yeah. Are we hanging on a hope right now? If nothing, I'm not arguing with you on that. The Hall of Fame, maybe, but that... I, come on, fam. What are we talking about? Oh, no. They should absolutely uh, retire his his jersey. Will they? I hope so. We're at Westgate, so let's do an over-under. Over-under. I'm going to give you two different ones. Over-under five years. I'd say under five. All right. Yeah, that, I, I'm hoping so. Yeah. That wasn't the one I wanted to go with, so here's the one I'm ready for. Over-under two and a half. Maybe two. Maybe two. I might take the over on that. I think, I don't know, if you're going to do it, you know, I don't know. If you're going to do it, do it now. Yeah, that's just what you feel? Yeah, like next season, maybe first game, you retire, retire his jersey. I think Dame needs to be there when you do it. I, I yeah, think you need yeah. to act relatively quickly. I don't think Dame wants to leave. I don't even think I have an indication that he is leaving. He's not leaving. But – I don't. I don't anticipate him wanting out ever. But Dame wants to win too. He wants to win, but he's shown like over the years that he'd rather lose in Portland than sure. win. You know. But if a team feels like they're not gonna win with him, they might ship him. Yeah. Although I, I, I can't see the Blazers giving up on Dame anytime soon. Not anytime soon, by no means. So we'll maybe see on he's over. 33, 34, and they're still not winning, and he's on a huge contract. I mean, my thing with the Blazers has always been, I know we're getting a little off topic, but I mean, they're a great offensive team. They're one of the worst. They're the second worst defensive team in the league. They're not, with Dame and CJ sharing a backcourt, they're not going to be a good defensive team. It just is what it is. Like, hmm. it, like, I don't know how many years we have to go through this to realize that CJ is a Great, great player. The Blazers should have moved him three years ago. Mm. Um, that's just my opinion anyway. Okay, so I went on record. I don't. I think that they can win with them, with those two. And th now we're getting completely off topic. But I did say at Summer League maybe two or three years ago, maybe three years ago, that that backcourt in Washington or that backcourt in Portland was going to blow. And I said, I don't know which one, but the way that that season was building up, I said, one of these teams are going to blow. And that was when um, rumors started to swirl that John Wall and Bradley Bill began getting into it, and then John Wall got hurt. And it got brushed. It got swept under the rug. But Washington hasn't been good since then. This Washington team looks dangerous now, but the East is bad. Yeah. Russell Westbrook's been out of his mind the past Russell Westbrook is a different human being. Let's just, let's just call it what it is. 22, 11, and 11. Let's just call it what it is. He's a different human being. He, he's, oh, man, that guy's amazing. The fact that, and I understand Stephen A's point, you're probably going to hate it. The fact that he doesn't have a ring is literally all that's missing from the career. Yeah, I mean. I thought that was a Miami Marlins shirt. Ooh. I was about to say. I don't know, man, the whole, like, rings debate. Yeah, he he's missing it, but at the end of the day, I mean. He's still a Hall of Famer, first ballot. No, no question. question. Steve Nash didn't get a ring. Barkley didn't get a ring. Carmelo didn't get a ring. Carmelo, John Stockton, John Stockton, didn't get Stockton a ring. Shout out to Reggie Miller. Chris Paul, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Carmelo Anthony doesn't have one. 
like, it's not the end of the world. Absolutely not. Um, speaking of that, let's talk to somebody. All those let's guys talk about are legends, regardless. Absolutely. So it doesn't. Let's talk about somebody who doesn't have, or excuse me, let's talk about somebody who has rings, inducting somebody else who has just enough, for, or just as many rings, but not quite. And that's Michael Jeffrey Jordan inducting Kobe Bean Bryant into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. That'll be pretty cool. It's going to be cool to watch. Yeah. Now, can I be that guy? Yeah. You can say what you... Apparently. Okay. So. Um, okay. You ready? I, I feel yeah. like people are already going to like... Be like, what are you talking about? But here it is. I don't care. Um, I get it. You want, perhaps, I think it's almost universally recognized, the greatest player ever inducting Kobe Bryant. I believe if Kobe was here, it wouldn't be Michael Jordan. That's my humble opinion. Who do you think it'd be? Me personally? I think I know who they asked, and I think that he may have declined, not because he didn't want to do it, but because he wouldn't be able to get through it. And my answer is Pau Gasol. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, my vote would have been for Pau Gasol to vote him, to induct him. Yeah. Pau He's shown bigger than basketball. If you look at – Oh, yeah, they're like family. That's family. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even to this day, Pau, like – his kids hang out with uh, 100%. Kobe's. That's his godchildren. Yeah. So, for me, I think Rob Palenka is one of the godparents as well. Am I correct? Yeah, that was Rob, Gigi's Rob and Kobe were very close. Agents and family friends, like that, yeah. That that's deep. That goes deep. So, for me, I would have preferred to see Shaq or Pau Gasol. That's my personal opinion. But Shaq was so great at the memorial service, I could understand yeah. why you don't really want a second image of that. Shaq that memorial service was great, man. Shaq is when is Shaq not great? Period. Shaq's awesome. Anytime I've ever run into Shaq, and I say it every single time I talk about him, but I'm going to continue to, because we tell these negative stories about about athletes when we run into them, but we don't tell the great ones. I don't think I've ever seen Shaq on a bad day. I know he's. I know he has them. Shaq's just a fun loving guy, man. Just a big goofball. Loves to have fun. So for me. I'm not knocking. You got to watch, as an aside, you got to watch that video Udonis Haslam talks about the times in the locker room with Shaq back in the day. Probably hilarious. And just Shaq, like, pranking people. You got to watch that. (laughs) It's hilarious. I think I watched uh, a a compilation video of the actual pranks. Um, Do me this favor. Do you remember who inducted Jordan? I remember Jordan's inductee speech. I remember that, exactly. Jesus Christ, man. (laughs) But would we expect anything different? No, no, no. It was the most Michael Jordan thing ever. And this is why, um, I don't want to get too, too emotional, but this is why being not being here to accept his will always have, will will now always have that what if in terms of his speech. Because I do believe that Kobe would have been more humble than Jordan. David Thompson, one of his childhood friends. David Thompson. Child so, idols, so enough friends. Um, because all of a sudden I heard friends, I was like, huh. Um, but aside from that, I don't want to take anything away from David Tom, Dave, uh, excuse me, David Thompson by no means. But I could kind of see it make more sense if Kobe inducted Jordan. That was in. Uh, I'm sure it was Jordan's request. 
forget what year that was in. 2000. Think about the bar- the birth of the Jordan meme. 2008, <laughs> I think. Because he retired in 2003. Mm-hmm. So five years. So I'd assume it was 2008. I'll look it up real quick. No worries. But regardless of the fact, Kobe was competing for championships at that time. So I don't know if that was something that Kobe didn't want to do. I don't know if that was something that was never he was never approached about. 2009. 2009. 2009. And I don't know if, like I said, Jordan had a hand in picking who it was, which I believe they do. Maybe Jordan didn't want Kobe. But in that same regard, I'm not going to say Kobe didn't want Jordan. But the more that I think about Pau Gasol, the more that it makes sense. But remember what I prefaced this with. I'm not sure that Pau Gasol would be able to get through it. Yeah, that is, that's true. That could be it. That's literally my only argument. I would love to see Pau Gasol, and I truthfully think that they asked him. And I think that whether he declined respectfully by saying not going to be able to get through it, or whether, you know what I mean, maybe the family or maybe somebody literally was like, fam, you're not going to be able to get through it. But like you just said, that's bigger than a teammate. It's bigger than a, a mentor, whatever the case may be. That They built a family bond. Yeah, now that you're saying it, I kind of – but, I mean, Jordan's also not a bad option. Not a bad option by no means. Think about what we're picking from here. The third name that I mentioned was Shaq. Yeah. Either way, there's a lot of good options here. So, for all of you guys as well that are saying that LeBron should have done it, um, I can get the reasoning, but LeBron's name was so far from my mind. Yeah. I you mean, could go Derek Fisher before you would go that. Derek Fisher – Lamar Odom, maybe. Lisa Leslie had a great relationship with him. I, I could just name people. Yeah. It's just, fam, I, I get it. I get it. I get it, guys. I get it, guys. The imagery would be amazing. But, yeah, I, I could think of probably six, seven names before I get to Brown. You have multiple Mambas in the WNBA. That is true. I'm just saying, whatever. Um... But of course, hey, like it be you just funny said, if Vlade Divac did it. About Ruben Patterson, nah, Mr. Kobe Stopper himself. If he finally got up there and s- and finally admitted oh, that no. he couldn't guard Kobe yeah, Bryant, where's Rajab Bell? Where's Rajab Bell, man? All of them. If that's the case, go ahead and throw Jalen Rose up there too. And and everybody just in that moment, you know what? Nine yeah, Bean, you get nine squares. Bean, you, you, you get times it. Three. You get it, Bean. You get it. 27 times three. So, again, man, uh, look at again, look at the names. We're, uh, well, of course, we had some jokes la- layered in here, too. But when you speak of the Hall of Fame, like you just said, I don't think picking Michael Jordan is a bad move by any means. No. What do you think that this speech entails? I, I don't want it. I hate to say it. I don't want the little brother role. I don't, because it's not about you. So if it's he was the closest thing to me or he was like a spitting image, if he was a mirror, I don't want to hear that, fam. I don't. I think that's what it's going to be, though. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that. that. Like, I, I think that's what it's going to be just because, I, I mean, I get your opinion, but I also, like, that was their relationship. Then why did you get – then I'm going back to Pagasaw. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Talk Pau. about Kobe Bryant, the man. Talk about Kobe Bryant the, on the court. Because Powell talked about his demeanor changing being around Kobe. Or excuse me, his demeanor changed being around Kobe. Just simply being around him. You're not going to be in this locker room and not somehow mirror Kobe. Did, did Who just hit that three? Reggie Bullock just tied the game 103-103 with two seconds left. 
I just want to also say, I think I was one of those people as well, but Julius Randle heard our Zion, comp- uh, Zion comparison. Every time he sees Zion, he, f- he goes nuts. I mean, I will say in, in this game, Julius is 10 for 27, 28 points. Zion's 10 for 22 with 30. Zion came on in the second half. It was it, it, it didn't look the greatest in the Zion's first Zion's different, man. Zion's. Or he picked it up, I should say, in the third quarter. The Zion, team as a whole did. Zion's just a different style, my man. He's a different character. So, again, like I said, we're not going to sit here and say that uh, that Michael Jordan is a bad pick by no means. Um, I do feel like I can think of a couple of better names, and I, it's maybe only one or two better names, in my opinion. Phil Jackson? Phil Jackson, I think Phil Jackson would have been one. How about Jerry freaking West? Jerry West would be a good option. Um, My vote is Jerry West. My vote is Jerry West and then Pau Gasol. You think Smush Parker is going to be there? I know that that's a joke, and I almost said another, I almost asked you a question, and it would have seemed like a joke, and I don't want to seem that way. He should be there, but I hate to say it, but if, like, all of Kobe teammates that have ever played would have wanted to be there. Are they allowing them to be? Or are they just handpicking a couple? Yeah. I mean, also, I, don't I think you should allow everybody to be there. Also, I don't know if Smush wants to be there. Hell yeah, Smush wants to be there. My my vote is Smush wants to be there. I, I truthfully think that. I think that Smush, and we're going to talk about this only because, like, we, we've let jokes fly in the past. Um, I think Smush had an issue with the way that Kobe did it. I think that, and the funny thing is, Smush never said Kobe was wrong. He never once said it. He said that you're Kobe. You don't have to act like this. That was his biggest thing. You don't have to essentially shit on somebody who is not to your stature. Yeah, they they uh, help me help me become the best me. Hey man, as bad as it was that Kobe did that, Kobe telling him you can't have a conversation with me because you haven't won enough is one of the funniest. Like, it's the, like Kobe no, it's funny. Kobe's funny, bro. Dude, like, okay, as, like, antisocial and sociopathic as that is, him, like, sitting at his own <laughs> table on those Lakers teams, like, when they go out to dinner, the whole team's at one table, and those 06 seasons where he, it was just him, and him Damn. sitting at his own table, Damn. I, that's Damn. hilarious to me. When I read th- that, that is I'm sure, I hate to say it, but <laughs> who knows, man, who knows? serious antisocial behavior. I would love to have heard. I don't know if he ever did, but I would have loved to have heard Kobe speak about that because it could have been. Let's 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 look, let's look at it. Two thousand six. Ten years, nine, ten years in the league. I already have three rings. I'm my starting center is Chris Mim. Like fam, yeah, I'm. I might like I said. I told Kobe in the beginning. Sometimes it's cool to. If you guys listen to the podcast, you guys know what I'm gonna what I'm alluding to. But sometimes it's okay to drag your. Yeah. But I told Kobe in the beginning, talk your shit. I don't think that we should always talk our shit. Like if I'm over here saying that I'm about to, that I, I can that, that, that I can go on a one with Jalen Ramsey, I'm not gonna say that. I, but I look, I'd still sit with the guys on, uh, you know, eat with them on, on the road, uh, you know, when they go out to team dinners. Like I said, I would have loved to have heard Kobe speak about it, only because, sure, maybe he would. That was his way of being. You guys need to get to my level. Whatever the case may be, Jordan had his methods, Kobe has his, and I know for a fact that we're going to hear some about Bron. I don't think Bron is as bad as either one. No, I don't think it's e- it's half as bad. No, Kobe. However, I do think that LeBron James has those ways as well. I think everybody who's great has those ways. I think the closest people to Jay Z feel like he can be 
he can be Adam at times. Same thing with Diddy. Same thing with Dre. I could go through the list. So I said all that to say, I would have loved to hear, have heard Kobe say whether he felt like he was wrong in that moment or whether he felt like it was immature in that moment. Because I don't think I've ever heard him speak about it. I'm sure. I mean, we can't speak, you know, rest in peace. He passed. Rest in peace, Ben. Rest in I'm peace, sure he would now be like, yeah, I was, you know, I probably, I, probably I feel like, done that. but the thing is, too, we see Kobe and I gr- granted they won championships together, but we see Kobe have great relationships with DJ and Banger. Yeah. Because that, that uh, and there's players DJ on that 06 there. team that's better than DJ and Banger. Yeah, I mean Lamar, P- plenty. I don't want to do it to him. Shout Tom, out to DJ and Banger. Tron Butler. Depending on which Brian Grant you're getting. Oh man, he was so good for the Heat too. Trust me. <laughs> As a Pacer fan, you think I don't know Brian Grant? Shout out to the Lakers, man, for that trade. <laughs> no, anyway. Um, speaking of teams man, that are on. Dig it. <laughs> my Pacers lost by twelve. School, the game was the game was tied when we were talking, and we're talking about the Pacers, and the Pacers ended up falling by twelve. So hopefully Jeremy Roman and or Bruce, none of those guys take them. Um, your Marlins are still down by one, but this New Orleans New York game just went into overtime. It was tied at one hundred three. The Knicks are currently up now one hundred five to one hundred three with about four and a half left in overtime. So let me. What's up? Let's talk no- local news. I said local. Let's talk local news. Local news. We're starting on campus like we typically do. Okay. Wednesday you weren't here, of course. We talked about it. But we talked about UNLV Volleyball. Did you follow their NCAA tournament run? I did not. So by me telling you, did you follow their NCAA tournament run, it kind of sounds as if I'm alluding to the fact that it's over. Yeah, or that they, you know, they won something. Ah, nice. So that means you haven't followed up with anything. No. I like it. I like it. I like it. So. You might as well be speaking Mandarin to me right now. <laughs> or Cantonese. Mandarin, which is the fastest growing business language. It Shout is. out to Center for the Young and Gifted. Shout out to Tatiana segue. Jordan. You did. Like the setup there? The, uh, that was an alley-oop yeah, in like the truest it. form. That was by the rim. Sometimes uh, it's by accident, but that was on purpose. By design. Yeah, 100% by design. I'm starving, and they keep showing food. Um, I don't know why they're doing that to us. Now that I think about it, I couldn't do it. You could. Ramadan is different, bro. I hate to say it. I feel like for me, it's harder. It's easier knowing that you can't eat. Like you're fasting for the day. Like you're not going to eat for the day. Yeah. As opposed to like you, it's time slots. I think I would be more agitated with the time slots. I do. I mean, the sun comes up right now. The sunrise well, we don't. Nec- it's not necessarily sunrise to sundown. It's dawn to dusk. Okay. Dawn is earlier than sunrise, and dusk is a little bit later. Uh, I mean, a little uh, bit earlier. Dusk is a little. Uh, dawn is a little bit earlier than uh, sunrise, and dusk is a little bit later than sunset. Hmm. So the sun comes up at six a.m. That's sunrise, but dawn starts at about five o five around there. Now this is a segue that you do not know that you just gave me. Don Sullivan is the head coach of the volleyball team. Oh. Boom. That, that was good. Boom. See, that's a good one. Sometimes it's by accident. Sometimes it's on purpose. That was by accident. That's you know. a fire one. So let's get back to the topic at hand. Don Sullivan is the head coach of the UNLV volleyball team. She led them to an undefeated season. Mountain West champs. She's the coach of the year in the Mountain West. If you know Mariana Hayden, shout out to Mo Hayden. 
who was named Mountain West Player of the Year. Of course, your team went undefeated, right? You got to be the Mountain West Player of the Year. They get to the first round. They draw. I, excuse me, I'm gonna say Iowa. They draw Illinois State in round one. They take care of business against Illinois State. They win the series, or they win. Excuse me, uh, the game, or the match, rather I should say, three one. They win the first two sets. They lose the, set, uh, the third set, and then they win the fourth one. And now I have completely lost Salim because the Miami Heat just tipped off against the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> no, I've lost I'm still them. here with you. I've lost them. Kobe, can you do me a huge favor? Can you take that TV and turn to that Miami game, please? Thank you so much. Um, Sorry. No, you're all good. The The buttons are right there on uh actually on the TV. I don't think we had a remotes anymore. Um, the one to the left, to the left, to the left. Yes, man, that TV. And then you could just go down. You can go down on the uh, channels. So. I'm still with you. No, no, <laughs> as you're looking the other way. So Don Sullivan and her UNLV Rebels win in round one against Illinois State. And then they draw number two, Kentucky. So here's where I want to go ahead and just speak about it really quick. They, uh, the Rebels did lose in straight sets to Kentucky, drawing, uh, bringing it into their season. However, Salim, let's talk about it. You don't go undefeated very often. No. no. It's, uh, certain teams across sports have gone undefeated. That's a reserve list. Yeah. You know who's on that list? I don't want to talk about it. Go ahead, go. No, no, no. We everybody knows. All right, let's. All right, let's Rapid get away. Larry's on. <laughs> getting pissed. I'm getting out of here. Bob greasy. Do you want me to end the show early? Yeah, let's end it early. <laughs> let's just get out of here now. I'm gonna run away from this. Um, but I guess my question now is clearly not not that their NCAA tournament run is over. What are they? What is the mindset heading into next season? Before I tell you that, let me tell you that. Appreciate your coat. Let me tell you that Mo Hayden is a senior. After the, the loss to Kentucky, she said that she will be exercising that extra year of eligibility and she will be back next season. That's some good news, then. Now what does that locker room feel like heading into next year? You, you got you to gotta clue me in. No, I, I truly wouldn't. I wouldn't know. I'm not talking about this team in particular, but I'm talking about you. Whether how you would feel or what would be your um, take on a team that goes undefeated you have your best player who's a senior. You think it's her final season. She's coming back next year. You just made the second round of the NCAA tournament. You made the NAIA last – or, well, the last playing season, and you didn't play last year. I mean, I wouldn't come back. <laughs> but, you know. Celine, why, bro? What are you doing? Yeah, You're going to let me call Mo and be like, Mo, Celine's saying don't come back. I mean, look, everybody's got to do what's right for them. Right. And coming back isn't right for her? I don't know her life. <laughs> I don't know what she's got going on. I can tell you, I would undefeated and I'm a senior. I'm not coming back for what? And, and we made the NCAA tournament? Go back so to here's UNLV? <laughs> no. So let me ask you a question then. No, I'm not. No, no, I'm not coming back. Or no, I can't ask you the question. No, no, no. You can <laughs> ask me a question. I'm just saying I would So is it possible to come back and let's say – um, you get a full season. I'm not even sure how many games they play in volleyball anymore. So let's say they play 24, right? 
Okay. Let's say they go 21 and 3. Is it possible they improve? I mean, it's kind of like the Iowa State situation. Hmm. Except, in reverse. except in reverse. Yeah. What did they go? 2 and 20? Jesus. 22. 2 and 22. If you don't improve off that, you should probably stop existing as a program. They're in the Big 12, so. Um, I know other teams that are on the, on the outside looking in that would be like, I would love to play the Big 12. Um, so that is one thing that I took notice in that Mo Hayden does plan to return. Um, I'm I'm not sure what that means for this team. And you guys know how I speak about the Pacers, or excuse me, the, wow, how I speak about the uh, Packers every single year. And shout out to KD because KD has all eight of Brooklyn's points to start the game. And we are what close to four minutes in. K none, <laughs> Mister right, None better. See, I'm not doing this with you, bro. <laughs> I, I gotta do it. I gotta do the whole game with you, or with the rest of the show with you like this. Um, I'll, I'll be staying for a while to watch the end of this game, even if it's a blowout. Yeah, I'll be watching like the other games too. I tell you guys all the time it's that we so sick coming here, like having all these games on. I tell you guys all the time, utilize the clubhouse, but y'all don't do it. Um, where are we at? Oh, local news. I want to actually save the. Uh, Aces in the WNBA draft for the second hour. We are supposed to be joined. Should I even say it? That's surprising. We're supposed to be joined by somebody. I'm not sure if the person to get here on time, so that's why I'm not saying any names. So we should be joined by somebody, hopefully to talk the Aces, talk the WNBA draft. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights will be coming on shortly. So we do have to worry about that game as well. These Marlins still face a 1-0 deficit in the top of the ninth with Dylan Floro pitching. How you feeling, sir? You got two oh, Miami games going on. Ah. See? See, look at you. Jazz Kobe, what did I tell him? Jazz chisel. Kobe, what did I tell him? I told him. I told him. Slim, what, what, were we, what were we talking about just now? The Marlins. That was a trick question because we wasn't really talking about anything, so the answer was the Marlins. Um, but, again, we're watching these these uh, Nets play the, these Miami Heat, and – Let's have a little fun since you're a Florida man and we have about 10 minutes to spare before we get into the second hour where we're going to talk WNBA. And, of course, we're going to talk to Vegas Golden Knights because they'll be on. The Eastern Conference, we just said how bad it was. More than what you got? I don't know, man. I mean, compared to the West, yeah. but True. It when you're 21 and 33 and you're competing for a spot in the playoffs, you're pretty bad, bro. Yeah, the back – but, like, I don't know, man, like – the top, now that Boston's playing good again, and New York is the, f I mean, no, 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 uh, sorry, uh, Atlanta would be probably be the five seed at the end of this, New York. Well, New York is winning right now. New York's probably going to win this game. I think they are. Miami's the seventh seed right now. I mean, it's not looking good for Miami, it's going to be honest with you guys. Jimmy now has The Pacers just lost by 12 to the Hawks. I mean, it's probably if Who Miami teeter between the like five this, and the seven. It's probably going to be Miami and the Pacers in the play-in game. I don't deny that, but we might be both on the outside looking in at yeah. the end of that playoff game or the play-in game. This season's a lost season, man. Uh, I was—I'm not gonna lie, man. I don't—I don't root for people's injuries by no means. But when Lamelo Ball went down, the first thing I said was, "Well, the Hornets are going to drop." They've dropped, but they've hung around more than I expected. I could see him playing in the playing the playoffs too. If they make it, they have to get past the playoff playing game. I'm guessing. Yeah. I don't know, man. Miami wins today. I'm gonna go nuts. They're up 11-8 right now. It's 
they're probably not going to win. Well, Miami has 11. KD has 8. KD has 8. It's 11-8, ele- it's but... Uh, For whatever that's worth. I don't know, man. I hope K-Nun goes crazy this game. All right, so let's talk about it. We got 10 minutes, and I just seen a Western call for it. So as opposed to talk about the East, because clearly we already know, it's probably going to boil down to Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Boston. Maybe Boston. I'm saying maybe Milwaukee. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm on the Milwaukee train this year even more. I was really on that train last year, and then Miami scared me. Yeah, but Miami was like that one se- – like, they had – it was like the perfect recipe. Like They're designed I, to do it. But they I might s- – They what if you guys are a six again and you have them at the three? I think they could lose in the first round. I I love your faith in my team. <laughs> I've watched so many games this year. It's not the same team, man. Like, they just – Goron fell off a cliff. Remember, he in the bubble, he was averaging 21 points a game. Mm-hmm. Crazy efficiency. You mentioned his injury a lot. After that injury in the finals, he's never been the same. Um, yeah, that's really the biggest thing. I mean, people talk about Jay Crowder, and yeah, that you know that hurt. But he's the in Phoenix. But the biggest thing really was was Goron's decline, the injuries at the beginning of the year for Miami, Jimmy missing three weeks in January, and that kind of hurt our record. That's why it is the way it is right now. We're twenty eight and twenty eight. Oh shit! I think KD's. Grabbing his hamstring again. KD has left the game. We're unsure of what's going on. But uh get well we, soon. Yes, we'll hope to get back to you guys on that as soon as possible. Uh James Harden is already sitting out this game, so now Kyrie once again is by himself in Brooklyn at White. Um But but like I said, man, like I'm glad that you have faith in them and I guess I I want to, but this year is just everything's going against different. them. It looks a little different. The injuries, just like one guy, like then we finally, we have that other piece like Vic, and then now Vic is probably out for the year, although they won't say anything. I, I have noticed they've been relatively quiet about it. They've been it. really quiet about it. Uh, I'll tell you something about Miami that I found out last night, and I don't mean a specific Miami team. I mean the city of Miami. Um, Jake Paul fights out of Miami. He's from Columbus, Ohio, I believe, but he's – he fights out of Miami, Florida, and what am I supposed to say? Are we talking about that today? Uh, right now. Oh, we're talking about that right now? <laughs> you want to save that for after break? No, and not at all. Not at all, because I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it again. I'm not doing it again. So this is all I got for you. I understand that they were the same weight, literally 190, 191 and a half, I, I believe. As much as I wanted to say that Ben Askren had a shot, is it disrespectful to say that Ben Askren had no shot? He's not a boxer. and he's. Uh, and Why he's is that the elephant in the room and everybody acting like they got damn blinders on? Like, he fought it, Nate Robinson and now Ben Askren. Like, neither of them. I don't want to be, in di- a YouTuber before that, I don't want to be disrespectful. And say and take credit from him because he he did get hit with an overhand right from Ben Askren last night that I did see kind of stood him up and he was like okay like let me let me reassess. But the same way I noticed this, and I get it happened with Nate Robinson. We could talk about stature, we could talk about everything else. But if somebody Jake Paul sized, if you watch the moment that that bell that that bell rang in the first round, it only lasted around. 
Jake Paul's what, like six one? Six feet, I believe. Six feet, six one. He's in the middle of the ring. Two seconds into the fight. And by the way, like people are talking about Ben Askren's like UFC career. Yes. He's nineteen two and one. Like he's not exactly, uh, you know. He was in one championship, I believe. I don't think it was Bellator. I think he was in one championship, which clearly I'm not going to downgrade any promotion. However, let's be very, very honest. Have they watched Ben Askren fights? He has a win. His most cr- I believe he was a champion in one champion, uh, one championship. And his m- biggest win is credited as against Robbie Lawler in a fight where Robbie Lawler contested afterwards. He had him in a rear naked choke, and supposedly Robbie Lawler went limp. How can you contest that afterwards? That means you didn't go limp. So that's his biggest win, and it's controversial. No disrespect to Ben Askren. I don't I mean, want to make it seem like Jake Paul didn't fight a real fighter, but that MMA career, in the words of Jorge Masvidal, looks a little different. I Those mean, two losses are the last two losses of in, in his career, by the way. He was 19. Like I don't care who you're fighting. 19-0 and 0 in the UFC is hard to do. It wasn't in the UFC. He had some in the UFC, no doubt. Still. Yeah. Mixed martial arts. Exactly. I'm not saying he's a bum. Only thing I'm saying is, have they watched those fights? He's ben Askren is not getting in there. He's not a striker. Mixing it up with people. He's not a striker. He's uh That's not his game. Like He's a two-time national champion wrestler. He's a wrestler. He wants to get you on the ground. He's going to kick you and shit. Not to sound like that, but when he fought Jorge Masvidal, the thing that he went famous for, or the thing he's known for and that he's famous for, that, what was it, five seconds, six seconds, that knockout, yeah. that knee? Lucky shot, by the way. He was, well, for what it's worth, he knew that Ben Askren was going to shoot for a takedown. He wanted no hand-to-hand combat with Jorge Masvidal. He didn't. Yeah, that's true. And guess what George is? A boxer. Well, I'll say this. I'm I'm very much looking forward to Jake Paul being uh, humbled. Shakur Stevenson said on Friday, and you guys know how I feel about Teofimo Lopez, and I've said that Shakur Stevenson in the next five years will be the biggest name in boxing. That includes Canelo. That includes Teofimo Lopez. Um, Not that I think he'll be better than him, per se. But just name-wise. Name-wise. I truthfully think this kid, it's impossible not to want to get behind him and support him. I mean, somebody's got to take that mantle. Oh, no. No, no, no. Kevin Haney doesn't seem like he wants it. Okay, I'm thinking about something different. I thought you meant he got to take on Jake Paul. I'm sure he wouldn't mind it. No, 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 but no, But no, he's no. 130 pounds. Let's not do that. No, I, but mean, I still think he'd win. By the way, with, me too. Which is the which is the interesting part? He did say though. I think on Friday night. So this is before the fight. He said, "Can we have him fight a real boxer now?" With a question mark. Yeah, it's like he's fighting guys who don't box. I mean, he's King Nate, he fought Nate Robinson, and Nate Rob. Do me a quick favor. See how much Badu Jack weighs. Badu Jack? Badu Jack fought on the undercard of Tyson's fight. Tyson and Roy Jones. Let's see. Badu Jack weighs 165. I wouldn't even know if he would care about the difference. How tall is Badu Jack? 6'1". I think I would make that one happen. If he beats Badu Jack, I'll probably be like, all right, fam, what what are we supposed to do? And Badu Jack is older. Badu Jack is 37. He's older. So, I, hey, man, if you beat Badu Jack, fam, you got that. You got that. Badu Jack is a, is a beast, Jake Paul, bro. like, 
Connor is bad. Jake Paul like took all of the bad aspects of Connor and just amped it up, like with the disrespect. Did he take any of the good qualities? No, I mean he's he's beating you know two non-box. I mean he beat I don't know who he beat before uh, Nate. Uh, Didn't he fight KSI or something? It's, I think that's a fellow YouTube. Like they got into it on YouTube yeah, and they yeah. boxed it out. Yeah, which is a, which is a real way out of it. Like I I respect that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, what yeah. it has turned into has been like um what happened. I don't know. I don't know how we got here. Let's also mention really quick, too, I don't want to sound disrespectful, but Robert Whitaker dominated oh, Kevin yeah. Gastelum, Kelvin Gastelum last night. Did you watch that fight? Yes, I did. Here's the issue for me, and we can probably enter the second hour with this. Does it – actually, we're going to enter the second hour with this. Does it worry you that that same combination, that one-two high kick that he dropped Jared Cannonier with and he stumbled Kelvin Gastelum with, I don't think he dropped him. That he didn't finish the fight both times. Dude, Kelvin, I'll, I'll say one thing. That is one tough SOB. Damn, we're starting the second hour right here. Guys, this is Talk That Talk. We're heading out into hour number two. Stick with us. Stay tuned. WNBA draft coming up. More UN, uh, UFC fight night coming up. And, of course, we got the Vegas Golden Knights coming up. Stay tuned. Talk That Talk radio show records live from the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino from the largest superbook in the world for over 50 years. Formerly known as the largest hotel in the world for nearly a decade, the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino is located at 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Hour two of the show. Salim. We have news on Kevin Durant. Yeah. Which was? Left thigh contusion. He will be out for the game. If you win, are you still ecstatic? Yeah. Okay. Jimmy's out check. too. Oh, so it balances out for Oladipo's sure. Oladipo's out. So it definitely balances out. Yeah, I'll be happy <laughs> if we win. Um. Because to be honest, I'm not sure we do. Yeah. Uh, no. Even no. Even still. Joe Harris and Kyrie might go crazy. <laughs> Alize Johnson. Uh, so let's let's talk about it really quick, since because we're gonna go right back to the fight game. But let's talk about it for a split second. Um. You got to shut him down for a little bit after this, right? He's coming off of a thigh injury. He just had a situation with his Achilles, what, two years ago? Was it last year? Why does it seem so long ago? No, it was two years ago. Two years, 2019. Yeah, so two two seasons ago. Let me say, not say two years. Two seasons ago. And I hate to keep doing it, but we saw Boogie rush back. So we saw Boogie's injuries literally go from his Achilles to his knee to his quad, literally begin to move up. So for KD to have hamstring injuries currently, if you're the Nets fan, I don't really know or care, or excuse me, I don't even know whether I care that I'm one or two or three in these seedings. I wouldn't play KD for the playoffs at this point. Fam. He's in and out. This NBA season has been – I tweeted this last night. This has been the worst NBA season in quite some time. <laughs> Why you say that? Talk to me. Uh, it, it, it has been weird for energy all the for me. In, all the injuries to me just, like, have killed it. I don't I don't see that there's more injuries. I just think that the people that are injured is what we're paying attention to. But you, I think – I don't know, man. Because I was about to say, I think this, of course, this season has still had some great things to take away from. Steph has dealt with some injuries off and on, but Steph has had an amazing season. Damian Lillard continues to have great seasons that nobody talks about. Nikola Jokic is – My MVP. The one of his kind. I'm going Joel Embiid. 
um, to even with the injuries, because you can literally look at that Philadelphia team and they play completely different without Joel Embiid. And I think to your argument, we don't know what Denver looks like without Nikola Jokic because he never misses a game. That's the thing. That's why for me, because it's very close. So I would take the guy that played more. That's my, that's my thing. Criteria. I love it. Yeah, that's just my thing, because it's it's so close. It's so close. But I, I would yeah. take you know availability is an ability. It's the best ability to have. So. That's kind of how I feel about it. Well, I need you to tell me how you feel about what I asked you before this, uh, before we went to the first break. I need to know how you feel. As great as Robert Whitaker has looked over, the, over these last two fights, Jared Cannonier and Kelvin Gastelum, two guys who don't go away. And they didn't. However, we watched Robert Whitaker with his signature combination again. I said the one to the left right high kick. Right. Every time he does it, he lands. So something is different about the delivery, which concerns me for Israel Adesanya. However, he didn't finish Jerry Cannonier when it looked like he was about to. He didn't finish he didn't drop Kelvin Gasolum when it looked like he was about to. Are we just giving more credit to JC and KG? Or are we looking at Robert Whitaker like you're amazing against everybody, but we don't know if it's going to be enough to dethrone the champ? I'm not going to lie. I thought Adesanya was almost unbeatable at a certain point. I thought that as well. He had that feeling of inevitability that I hadn't really got since uh, Habib. Nice. When Jan, when he fought, it was Jan and... uh, I went back and did watch that fight. Jan Blachowicz, yes, sir. That shocked me. It shocked me that he, like, that happened. Did you have a 10-8 round in there? I got to go back and look, but I, I think Jan won the fight. Jan definitely won the fight. That's that's all, like, that's... It's not close. That's what surprised me. Like, I didn't think he was going to win. Fair. Maybe you can get... I think I even said it. Maybe give Izzy the first one, but I even said if you give him 40 to 50 to 44... Or excuse me, fifty to forty-five. All the yarn, fam, you got that. Um, that's what I looked like. I saw. Either that's what I felt. I saw rather. Like, no matter what, he easily won that fight, and that was crazy to me. Not because Jan Blachowicz is not a great fighter, right? But he's, I think he's like thirty-seven. He's up there. He's older. Not only that, but is he like he felt inevitable? Like he. I, oh, think I, I apologize. Jan is 38, but I guess at the time he was 37. So for me, Izzy, um, you're right. He doesn't look um, he doesn't like doesn't look like a world beater anymore, which is why I truthfully believe that that steam on that John Jones fight has died down extremely. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure though about him against um, Robert Whitaker because if Robert Whitaker wants to wrestle, is that his best shot? But I don't know if he's as strong as Jan. To hold Izzy down. When they fought last time, I, n- I never saw the, the fight. Who? Robert Whitaker and Israel Adesanya? Yeah. Go back and watch that fight. Was Please it lopsided? Watch that fight. Yes. That's why I said this. The, great. Robert Whitaker continues to look like Robert Whitaker against everybody else. That's not Izzy. And then if it, my whole thing is, do I think he's improved since their last fight? Hell yeah. Do I know if wrestling is the answer for him probably moving forward in terms of fighting Izzy? I don't know that. 
Jan Blachowicz may have given him what I think happened last fight, and I actually mentioned it, and I feel like I'm not even talking to the mic. What I feel like happened last fight when they fought, I feel like Robert Whitaker understood the chess match on the on the feet, and it became just that for him. It was just the chess match on the feet. It's like wrestling was not a part of his game plan after a while. And if it was, he just completely deviated from it. That's why my question is, he looks great on the feet against these other people, but he didn't finish them. So if you do fight Izzy next, is your answer to go to the ground? We just had Puck drop in Anaheim. The Ducks are hosting our Vegas Golden Knights. I got to go to Anaheim one of these days. You haven't been? No. I love Anaheim, bro. I'll, I'll, I'll take you. Our stadium, and when I say stadium, I mean Angel Stadium, it has rats. At least it used to, so don't. Yeah, and I couldn't make the LA trip, man. I don't even know if they're still going. I'm not leaving today either. Um, Yeah, we'll talk about that. But I'm not leaving today either. Um, So now we can get right into it. Oh, aside from that, before we leave mixed martial arts. (laughs) Bless. Thank you. Marvin Vittori. He's third right now. Third ranked middleweight in the world. He lost to Israel Adesanya by a split decision. Did they cut off that? What's it called? They cut off the replay? That's exactly what it looks like. Kobe, I might need you to change that one of these TVs back to the heat, bro. They cut, they cut on two Vegas go tonight games, so I might need you to cut one off. Sorry. Um, sorry, guys. We're we're running TVs back here. We got to make sure we can give you guys live news. Um, So... Marvin Vittori lost a split decision to Israel Adesanya. He's now climbed up the rankings. He's 17-4-1, and I believe before last night that should have been next. Robert Whitaker did look great. I can see how, it, how it's impossible almost to not give him a title shot, but I think the harder fight for Israel Adesanya is Marvin Vittori. To that you say what? Do you know about Marvin Vittori? No, I don't. That's why I'm just kind of – Really? I'm going to give you, like, four or five Marvin Vittori fights to go watch. He just fought recently. He fought Kevin Holland. Should look into that. Marvin so, Vittori. Yes, sir. Oh, wait. Let me see. You might know Marvin Vittori. I didn't know his name, but I recognize his face. Yeah. I believe his uh, nickname is the Italian Dream. So, last night's fights are actually on right now on these on uh, the screen for us. And now I think it's the perfect time to talk a little bit about the Vegas Golden Knights before we hop and probably end the show with uh, – appreciate you, Cope. Uh, probably end the show with um, the WNBA draft. You so got lame. any updates from our guest? Not yet. Not, uh, not yet. I'll be completely honest with you. So I am ready to come clean with something. Are you ready? Yep. Salim so – Kobe, don't nod your head. <laughs> Don't not trade. Now nah, I feel like everybody in here is watching me. Um, Salim, I think you're right, bro. About what? And it just bothers me when you're right. So this whole thing has got to like really bother you. Just all of it, like yeah, <laughs> just this. It's just it's it just it it grinds my gears, bro. It gets under my skin and makes my yeah, it makes me itch. Uh, speaking of the guest, the guest just texted me, so shout out to you. Um, was that does that mean you're right again? <sighs> it's hard, man. Hey, perfect time. I didn't ask for this. <laughs> this you life know, chose you. The good Lord bless me with common sense. That's hilarious. 
Then I rap like common sense. Um, oh. All right, I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. Sorry, right. sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry, guys. I always got to quote Jay-Z when I'm around Salim just because he loves him so much. Um, the, Salim, this is what I meant when I said you were right. When we were talking about should we panic, the Vegas Golden Knights were in the midst of a one-in-four stretch. They've won, like, what now? Like uh, They've won five straight five games. Five straight. Man. I thought it was six. If they win today, it would be six games. But in during that stretch, they've outscored their opponents 22-8. to eight. Salim, did I overreact? Yeah, man. I mean, they look, they look bad in that five-game stretch, I'll admit. But... Still a really good. Uh, when you said that, they still like were like twenty six and eleven. I don't even. Yeah, know. they're yeah something like that. So they were still like you know a really good team. I think uh, they're gonna be just fine, man. Let's talk about that record. They're thirty eleven and two now. They have sixty two points, and they trail Colorado by two points, who has sixty four, and their current record sits at thirty nine and four. You ready for some more news? The last game that they played against these same Anaheim Ducks, it was a win, clearly. They won the game 4-0. Salim, you want to hear the best stat of the night? Aside from that zero? Hit me. It was put up by Robin Leonard. Mm. It was his first shutout of the season and his 16th of his career. I like it. Salim, how far before I blow that out of proportion? Because I don't want to do it. But how good do, how good do you have to feel if you're a Vegas Golden Knight fan? Oh, you got to feel great right now. You got two really good goalkeepers. You got a really good team. I mean, and I think this could be the year. And it'd be nice to have a parade somewhere, right? Nice parade in Vegas. Okay, this is gonna sound crazy. When team when college teams win national championships, do they do parades? Sorry, guys, I don't I don't, I don't have know. Maybe a lot like of in college towns. I, I don't know. Do you consider Vegas a college town? But he lives on campus. So That's why I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> I don't know. I guess. It's not like – it's not Gainesville. I'll say that. It's not Tallahassee. True. True. It's not Tuscaloosa. By the way, don't, don't go to Tallahassee if you don't have to. That's an aside. <laughs> I've been there once or twice. It's a terrible place. Salim, Some of the worst people here? in Florida live in Tallahassee. How did we get here? What if we have listeners from Tallahassee? I don't care. Good. That hey, that's a Salim. Good. That's a Salim point. That's Stop listening. I don't. I don't want to hear you. Just. I have my listeners that I don't want I to don't, listen I don't, anymore. I tell you guys. If you are from Tallahassee, or don't the, open this market up. The Panhandle from Florida. Oh my God. I want you to stop listening. <laughs> I want you to never talk about Talk That Talk Radio. I, I don't know about never. Just watch what you say about us. Um. Where did you say said Tallahassee in the pan? I, I'm never going to ask it. Never mind. I'm not going to ask you. So, now, here's the deal. Be to go to Panama City for spring break? <coughs> no, I wouldn't know, Celine. It's, it's a dirty place. I wouldn't know anything about it. So, this year's WNBA draft was virtual once again. And um, can you give me the, the commissioner's name? I'm so sorry, yeah. bro. Thank you. you. Hold on. Um, it's two C's. I'm looking right at it, I believe. Um, is it Colbert? Kathy, Kathy Engelberg. Engelberg. It's a C. So it's, I mean, it's a, uh, it's the C sound. It's a K. Kathy Engelberg. Um, oh, I know why I said two C's. I'm looking at Charlie Collier. 
Um, Collier, rather. For the first time ever, the WNBA draft, first two picks were made by the same team. Can you imagine if that happened, like, in the NBA? Are you kidding me? I get Evan Mobley and Kay Cunningham. Or I get Jalen Suggs and Evan Mobley. Or I get Jalen Suggs and Kay Cunningham. That wouldn't be bad. You have your one and two or one and one and three for the, the next p- 15 years. In the NBA, nine times out of ten, you have a one anyway. Yeah. You have somebody. So you're either adding Jalen Suggs and Evan Mobley to Christian Wood. Or you're adding who – well, damn, who does hey, Detroit have? Houston. Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant, you go get Evan Mobley and Jalen Suggs. You add him with Jeremy Grant. I don't want to get – let's uh, let's talk about the NBA picks because I can go all that day with, with Why are we doing scenarios. This? Why are we doing this? Why don't we talk about the team that actually did it? Yeah? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. The Dallas Wings are the first team ever to draft numbers – or number – one and two overall. They drafted a forward, center, and a center. Yes. So the first pick was Charlie Collier out of Texas. I have a lot of I have a lot of notes about this draft. I have fun with this draft. You ready? Awak Kuye. And you pronounced it right. Second one, Finland out of Finland. Like Say it again. Awak Kuye. Well, you said it right the first time. It's Kuir. Oh, no, I didn't say Kuir. Okay, I thought you said Kuir. No. That's why I looked at you and was like, Kuyer. wow. That's interesting, cause I it, I was I was watching her on the draft board, and I was like, they got to give me the, the pronunciation. Um, so speaking about Charlie Collier, James Harden, <laughs> dressed like Miami. Hey, he wasn't missing a trip to Miami, no matter what. Are you kidding me? He wasn't missing. Not go to Miami for what? I'm no, I'm going to Miami. So Collier became the first Texas player to go number one overall in the WNBA draft. You want to hear a story about Charlie Collier's mom? Uh, yeah, yeah. Lay it on me. So, I believe they said, can you look up how old Charlie Collier is for me? Yeah. And then I believe it's either 18, 19, something along the lines of that. Because, you know how they always say 19 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever the case may be. Back in the days, man. When I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Um, so let's say that Collie, let's say that Charlie is 19. So they gave the story of 20 years ago. Her mom. She's 21. 21. So 22 years ago. 22 years ago, she, her mom had a tryout, I believe. Right. With the Phoenix Mercury. I want to say it was the Phoenix Mercury. Didn't make the team. Began working out as if she was going to try out again. Changed her mind. And began her family. 21 years later, her daughter goes number one overall. It's kind of crazy to think about. These stories write themselves. Texas, she went to... She went to Texas. Now she's playing for Dallas. Absolutely. Born in Texas. Absolutely. Ma- Mount Bellevue. Talk to, talk about it. That's pretty cool. Talk about it. That's pretty. I'm cool. geeked for her. That's pretty cool. I'm geeked for her, dog. She's like Texas, just personified. Not to mention that they got, uh, they still have their number two pick. Um, I'm drawing a blank on her name. 
Satu Sabali, um, number two overall last year. So that means over the past two drafts, they have three top two picks. We might have to start watching some Dallas Wings basketball. Hey, man. I'm not going to lie. I've been off the ship ever since Skylar Diggins-Smith was traded. But you you might be right. I might need to go back. It's a lot um, of talent. It's a lot of talent. Erica Ngumawale le- led the league that, um, in scoring up. May 14th. May 14th. May 14th. I'm Four excited, games. actually. Four games on May 14th. Also, I didn't mention that on May 14th, when I mentioned that the New York Liberty opened up at home, I think it's against Connecticut, that will be Sabrina Ionescu's Barclays Center debut. Natasha Howard will be making her debut as well with the team. So, just some other things to um to keep note of. And Kuir, who you just mentioned, Awak Kuir, who went uh, number two overall, she, at 19 years old, became the first player ever drafted out of Finland. That's really cool. That is awesome. Both players are 6'5", so they needed some some front court depth, some size. I guess so. I think they got it. Yeah. At the very least, I think they got it. So, Ari, she made it a point to make sure that everybody knew how to pronounce it. Ari McDonald, a 5'6 guard out of Arizona. If you're wondering if that name sounds familiar, Ari missed the game-winning shot in the national championship game against Stanford. She goes number three overall to the Atlanta Dream. Pip, I think they actually said that she was the best uh, defensive guard in the draft. I don't think very many people disagree with the analysts when they said it. Um, McDonald becomes the first ever first round pick from the University of Arizona. That's pretty cool. Shout out to University of Arizona. Shout out to Darren Williams. I thought he was going to say Mike Bibby or something. But shout out I to him. I was about to say, just as you said that, I was like, shout out to Mike Bibby. <laughs> number four overall. Kaiser Gondrzic. Shout out to Derek Williams. Sorry, continue. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> Number four overall, Kaiser Gondrzic. Gondrzic, excuse me. Who's a guard from West Virginia, 5'9". I seen a stat about her that said that she scored 72 of her team's 82 points in a high school playoff game. Really? Can you repeat that? Her name or the no, stat? No, no, the stat, please. I believe it was 70, 70? or 72 points 70. of her team's 82 during a playoff game in high school. Let me tell you something. <laughs> if you're on the opposing end of that, you have to, like, I don't know, you have to, like, stop playing basketball for at least, like, a couple months. Fam, what do you want me to do? Uh, you know what I like, though? NBA players, they of course, they do it the most. Anytime a shot goes up, I shouldn't say that. Basketball players in general, they do it. I love when certain players... They play great defense. And I, who did Joel Embiid catch that, um, get that offensive rebound against, run behind the three-point line and shoot that three? I want to say it might have been Utah. Because whoever it was, it was Rudy Gobert or somebody, but they were standing in front of him. And when he made the shot, he left his hand up. I love that as a defender. Because you're not embarrassing yourself. Fam, he made that when I was standing like this. She made that when I was standing like this. You make it? It's a good shot. Yeah. You got that. So all you can do is contest. If she goes for seventy, if it, every time, no, coach, there's got to be there's got to be some hard fouls. Coach, I'm right here. I'm just what saying. You, want me to do? you do that to my like I'm putting in the bench, <laughs> and I'm saying, look, you all, you guys got six fouls. Use them up. She did admit that she not even admit she's been saying for quite some time that she has aspirations to be a model post career. Of course, social media had a blast with that. 
it seemed as if she was the only face that we saw on draft night in terms of trending because of her uh, pictures, her Instagram, just different things. Um, and she went to the Indiana, Indiana Fever. Fever. All right. So she's going to a basketball town. Of course, she went to West Virginia. Um, so we shall see what, what, what happens in terms of this, uh, this turnout. But Kaiser does become the highest player ever drafted from West Virginia. And now we can move on to the fifth pick. And guess who had it? 72. 72. 7-3. It was either 70 or 72. Either way. Nah, man. Like it's a grit. You gotta, it's like 90%. You got to bring, like bring in like a big bruiser off the bench, six fouls. Just like, clothesline people? Just use it up. <laughs> you got you got six fouls. I don't know if they have six fouls in high school. I don't or know in college. Or whenever. Oh, well, when she did it, it was in high school. You're right. I don't know if they got six fouls. Use all your fouls. You bring in the biggest, you bring in the biggest girl on the team. Clothesline. Look. I don't care if you don't know how to play basketball. I don't care that you are eleventh woman. That's when you get the that's when you get the football com, uh the converted football player into yeah. the game. Yeah, that's that's when you get the <laughs> the coach's coach's daughter. That's only on the team because you know uh, somebody did a favor for somebody else. I'm not doing this, Selena. The athletic director said, "Yeah, no problem." Long story short, she's not she's not getting seventy on your team. No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. By the time like she hits like forty, I'm gonna be like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> all right. So if she hit you that in the that second basket, quarter, what are we doing? You go to that basket, like you're gonna get to the line, but you're you might be limping on the way there. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the fifth pick, Celine. Take a wild guess. Who had the fifth pick? Dallas Wings. <laughs> Fam, guess, what are we doing? I just looked right at it. That's why he's laughing. What are we doing? I have it up here, man. What are we doing? Chelsea Dungy. 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 So you get three of top the top five picks in, in the 2021 draft. That's crazy. They go with Chelsea Dungy, who's a guard out of Arkansas, 5'11". You want to know the most interesting stat about Miss Dungy that I learned? Please. That she is the third leading scorer in school history for the Razorbacks. Wow. Third leading scorer in school history. So you get depth and size with the first two picks. And then the third pick, you go and get somebody that can put the ball in the hoop. And you said they had a top two pick last year? Yes. I might have to start watching the Wings this year. Do you have another? Do you have a new favorite team? I mean, I, I'm still going to root for the Aces. Good job. I might have to, like, start watching the Wings. Man. That's a lot of talent. Absolutely. Michaela. I stayed in Dallas one night. It was cool. Onyewere. I only drove through Dallas. Michaela Onyewere. I really hope I'm not pronouncing that wrong. Sorry. Who's a forward out of UCLA is going from the bright lights in LA to the bright lights of the Big Apple. She got drafted by the New York Liberty. You want to know an interesting stat for her? Please. Michaela Onyewere is the fourth leading scorer in UCLA history. There were some big dogs coming off the board in this draft, man. There we go. Speaking of it, you're walking in right on time, sir. This chair is for you. Pull it up as you see fit. Ladies What's and up, gentlemen, man? Sammy G. Yo, you're all good. Yeah, you can, you can actually sit right here next to me. Sammy G, Minnesota's own, my guy. How you doing, man? Oh, put on the mic for me. I made sure to uh, keep it off. Check, check, check. One, there two. One, two. Big dog. Hey, how y'all doing? What's going on with you, brother? 
Not a whole lot, man. You good? Pretty good. Chilling. Right. We're talking WNBA draft. Yeah, what would you think? I am six picks through. All right. And we're just – Salim is literally – we're trying to wrap our mind around the fact. And, guys, just to give you guys a really quick update on the scores that, that's going around, I told you guys that my Pacers lost to the Hawks by 12. So there's no way in hell I'm letting Salim get away from the fact that the Giants closed him out in a shutout. Yeah. They lost one nothing. Uh, his Heat are up by a point, though, 51-50. to 50. Again, Kevin Durant left this game with a left eye contusion. And then we have our Vegas Golden Knights, who's knotted at one with the Ducks by seven and a half to go in the first period. That was a pretty good roundup, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Tried to just do boom, boom, you got boom. to the point. I tried to. All right, man. So can you imagine if somebody in the NBA had three of the first five picks? No, I can't. But Fam, you give me Jay, <laughs> bro, you give me Jalen Suggs, <laughs> Kay Cunningham, and Evan Mobley. That's where the Dallas Wings are at right now, Fam. right? Full rebuild. Fam. Full rebuild. And like I just told Salim, you go and get size and depth with the first two picks. Uh-huh. With Chelsea Dungey in the fifth pick, you go get somebody that could put the ball in the basket. Right. With some size, too, on the wing, right? Fam. And, and, and with Arike and Satu Sabali. I think it's going to take a, you know, a couple years, right? Everybody needs to oh, get experience. Sure. But really, you did what you had to do with, it, with this rebuilding process. You got big-time scoring. You got a big. You got a, a, another forward that's athletic with tons of upside that can run the floor, that can jump, that can do a little bit of everything. When she develops, and then, like you said, you you have an, you add another score on the wing. Kobe, can you see uh, Sam in the, in the IG live? Not much. <laughs> <laughs> I had to realize I had to triple check. All good. Make sure I'm solid in it too. So here's the deal: you walked in perfect timing because yeah. I, I think I might have texted you. Or did I text you during the draft? Uh, we didn't go into depth, but you reached out. Okay, so I did. Okay, bet. We discussed so, the possibility of me coming down here today, which I'm glad I'm here. Shout out. And <laughs> I appreciate you for being here as always. Thank you, fam. Right around this pick yeah. is when everything stopped making sense to me. I'll be completely honest. I was six picks through, and, and again, the Sparks traded for this pick. So Derek Fisher saw something. He wants to run. He wants to a run and gun offense. We know what he wants in LA. Sure. So he goes out and he gets Jasmine Walker from Alabama, who's a forward, who's a six three forward. And Sam, maybe you can correct me, but from that pick on, were you wrong on every other pick, pretty much? Uh, I mean, more or less. There was a lot of picks I didn't see coming for sure. I mean, I'll tell you what. If if you if you uh, if you want to stay local, I did not expect the Aces. Let's get to the Aces. Rupert. I didn't let's expect that at races. all. Let's do it. So, can I get to the funny part go of ahead. the draft? Go ahead. All right, let's talk about it. Do you remember who the dra- who the Aces had, or excuse me, who uh, ESPN had slotted to the Aces in a mock draft? Go ahead. Okay, so you know where I'm going. This is so great. <laughs> Celine, do you remember? Because I was even giving those names to you. So, the first name was Dejanae Carrington. The second name was Unique Thompson. The third name was somebody that Salim really wanted, three-point shooter out of Central Michigan, Michaela Kelly. Yeah. All three of those young women were drafted one after another in the order I just told you. In that same order? None of the teams were the aces. All in the second round, too. Can somebody make it make sense for me? Well, I'll make it make sense for you. The aces don't need – they have no, like – you look at the roster, they don't have really any weaknesses, right? I mean, you're too deep everywhere. You have veterans, you have all-stars, you're experienced. You have shoot, You have more shooting now. You've upgraded your shooting with Kelsey, uh, Kelsey Plum coming back and with Raquana Williams signing up her. She's almost 40%. Right. 
Uh, Chelsea, you added Chelsea Gray, who was a pick and roll ball handler that can score from anywhere on the floor, that can make plays for her teammates, can, can play get defense. to the rack. Yeah, can can create separation and take and make big shots. I mean, she's been doing the she's been doing it for a minute now at the highest of levels. So with that in mind, I, I think the Aces approach it like this: Look, they don't need no you don't need anybody that's ready to play right now. Like you're really not expecting contributions from your, from your rookies. Why not take a flyer on a 19 year old center, uh, Ileana Rupert out of France? That six four that has the physical tools, uh, that that is super experienced already, playing in the Euro League for three four years, playing for the right. French national team. You don't need her to be good right now, right? right? You can you can allow her an opportunity to develop, to to get spot minutes when you see fit. But you there is no demand, there is no type of pressure on her because of uh, because of how deep and how talented the Aces are. And then on the flip side. Well, think about if she does develop and she does reach her potential. I mean, Liz Cambage, we don't know how long she's going to play, right? Exactly. So maybe this is they they view her as a potential replacement for Liz Cambage two, three, four years down the road. Whenever Liz, yeah, whenever Liz Cambage calls a quit. So uh, I get it. Or just doesn't want to play. Or doesn't want to (laughs) play, right? Um, I get it from that standpoint. So. and, and Bill Lambeer, after afterwards in his post draft media availability, had mentioned that he thinks she could have gone, should should have could have and should have gone sooner. But those other teams are looking for impact players right, right now, and she's not an impact player right now. That's okay. And, and, and Destiny Slocum, I think, is is similar. Before right? you get to Destiny, okay. Before you get to Destiny, go ahead. Let's talk about Ileana for a split second because you know we like to have fun here. Yeah. The biggest news is that she may not come over this year. Right. So because of that. I forgot who asked on the panel, but they asked if she's ever been to Vegas. Guys, let's have fun with this. <laughs> How much time does she need to get acclimated to Vegas before we even talk basketball? Because Vegas is a whole nother lifestyle. Getting here, that was the biggest idea, be- or the, I shouldn't say biggest idea, biggest argument behind bringing the sports franchise here, the city of Vegas. Yeah. So somebody who's ni- 19, I believe, right? Yeah, she turns 20 in July. Yep. Turns 20 in July. She's never been to Vegas. Maybe you want her out here now. <laughs> You're not going to play this <laughs> year. But just come come out here. Come hang Experience. Come experience Vegas. Yeah, and yeah, for sure. I, mean, I think I, that's something that I, maybe she doesn't come this year, but whatever year she comes, I think I might want her to just kind of be around the team, be around Vegas, be around – I know that she already knows what professional basketball is like, but be around this level of pro, uh, this type of professional well, basketball, I'd say. It's a similar situation with what the Aces did a couple years ago, right, with Jisoo Park. Bringing her Absolutely. over, from, bringing her over from South Korea. She uh, w- was an accomplished professional. Similar, you know, a lot of upside, high, um, high upside kind of player, talented player who had been playing professionally. Was also 19 at the time, mm-hmm. and that weren't necessarily counting on her. Um, but they, but she came over right away and was able to kind of get acclimated and get familiar, um, not only with the states but with Vegas in general. So there is, I think, there's a lot of merit to what you're saying, right? It's just whether or not you're playing, whether or not you're you're relied upon. Um, there's something about being around the team, being around the city, being around the market that I think could help her kind of ease her way in, into the WNBA. But it's an Olympic year, and I think that's that's huge. I mean, for a lot of players around the country, mm-hmm. United States included, that's that's a big thing. That's a priority, right, over maybe the WNBA this year to a, to a degree. We've seen Emma Mieseman with Absolutely. the Washington Mystics who, you know, what's she going to do? Is she coming over? Is she not coming over? Like, that's been a, a talking point um, for weeks now, right? And, and maybe she made an announcement. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I, that, that's my bad on that. I can I can admit to that. So, but, can we look into it? Yeah, Emma yeah. But But there was definitely talk of her missing the season. That had been reported, and it, I, I believe it was a report that she refuted. So, um, we'll see what happens there. How do you spell it? Mieseman is M-E-E, I want to say. I want to say it's M-E-E-S-E-M-A-N. Yeah. Um, so, the, like I was saying, the Olympics are a really, really big thing, a priority for a lot of players. So I, I think that 
you add the Olympic break, that's just going to make this season all the more interesting. Absolutely. You know, teams are back in their markets. They're out of the wobble. So, um, interesting year. And, and, again, you make you make great points about, about Eliana Ruper. Is it, is it going to be good for her to get some to get some experience? Just being in, in the market, I think that I think so, if, that, if that's what they want to go. Um, and then I mentioned Jasmine Walker going to L.A. She became the first Bama player to be drafted since 2005. Again, Salim, I told you I had stats like this literally going throughout the draft. Um, so, you mentioned Destiny Slocum. Yeah. I, I don't see anything yet. Nothing. Okay, so no, no, no news yet. Yeah, so no news is yeah, good news, but, but Washington, I'm sure. For sure. <laughs> um, um, where were we at? Destiny Slocum. Arkansas. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. So, Salim, remember how I mentioned Chelsea Dungy? Yes. Third leading scorer of, uh, in school history over at Arkansas. The Aces got her point guard. The Aces got Destiny Slocum, 5'7 from Arkansas. I'm guessing you didn't watch any Razorback basketball. That's just a guess. I, I, I just missed, a wild guess. I, I missed the Razorback basketball year, but uh, – but I know, I know this guy to my left definitely has something to tell us about Destiny Slocum. What were, you, were you surprised with the pick? No. Now, okay. this, this pick, I'm not sure how much Destiny Slocum is going to play this year. Right. But I think she fills more of an immediate need. If you're, if you're, she's a little bit more, I think, WNBA ready, right? She's, she uh, graduated in the high school class in 2016. She's originally at Maryland. She's a five-star player, one of the top ten recruits in the country. So there's a pedigree there coming out of there. Idaho. Um, bounced around a little bit. I, I, uh, Maryland, Oregon State, and then Arkansas, where she was a super dynamic player, like you had mentioned. Uh, handles the ball, can run pick and rolls, um, is, is a good passer. Uh, but I think the biggest thing from the Aces' perspective, and I think why she can be an, an impact player right away, is she shoots the, the three ball pretty well. She, she knocks down perimeter jumpers, uh, thirty I believe 39% or 39 or 40% uh, her senior year. And gives the aces a little bit of spacing. At the very least, right, if you don't need her to run offense for you because you have a gluttony of ball handlers, you have players you can run your offense through, a number of them, talented, high upside players, uh, she can space the floor and, and knock down a catch and shoot jumper. And uh, and I think that's I mean that's what the Aces want is they, they, that is if there's any area to shore up right now this year and I mentioned they had, they had shooting another you can never go wrong with another shooter you can never have too many shooters Absolutely. and then she can adjust uh, accordingly to with with the other nuances of the game and Salim has been a little more cutthroat you know you've you've literally been in rooms with yeah, Salim yeah, so Salim's yeah, a little yeah, more we, cutthroat we, yeah. <laughs> with with sports takes than most people and I love the how blunt he was last year about it he said fam. At some point, Bill Lambeer has to grow with the times. He said, your team needs to shoot the three. Sure. Like, you got to get shooters. Sure. So, every, I think everything that you've literally said is what Salim has been preaching for the last year plus. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean this is it's modern, it's about modern basketball. And, and you see how the Seattle Storm played, who beat the Aces last year in the WNBA Finals. You right. see how the Washington Mystics played, who beat the Aces in the WNBA Semifinals in 2019. Right. A lot of spread offense. A lot of five out. A lot of pick and pops, pick and rolls. Uh, and, and and listen, it makes sense to play through the post when your posts are Asia a, Asia Wilson and Liz Cambage, but having a little bit more shooting to loosen things up yeah. for them down low, and having more having the option to run more spread pick and roll kind of offense. Now you have Chelsea Gray, who exactly. is a pick and roll guard. You have Kelsey Plum back. You've added Raquana Williams. You've added a, an ups a high upside player like Destiny Slocum. You you become a more modern roster. Uh, throughout the course of this offseason. And I, I haven't even mentioned Angel McCautry, who uh, is one of the best players in WNBA history. Derrica yeah. Hamby coming back. We know she can shoot the three. She Two was, times. She, she missed out. She missed the WNBA finals with a knee injury. Right. So the Aces are loaded. They did not need players to play right away. They did not – they were not dependent on this draft. Their championship chances uh, were not dependent on this draft one bit. They add role players for down the road and players that they can develop, and I think they're in great shape. Uh, to, to emerge as WNBA champions this year after building to that point the last three years. 
and we, we of course, we're talking the hometown team right now, but let's talk a couple other picks from the first round yeah, really quick. Yeah. Shyla Hill going to Chicago. We talk about it all the time. Uh, guard out of, um, excuse me, Australia. She's one of four. Salim, you might have to give me the third one. I'm going to be completely honest, fam. I don't know how you're going to look it up. Um, <laughs> but she's one of four Australians to go in the top ten. Liz Cambage is one. Lauren Jackson. Lauren Jackson is the other. And I can't think of the third one. Uh, I can't Is either. Rebecca Lobo Australian? And I don't want to be wrong. No. Nah. See, She's American. So, she played at UConn, right? I, I have yeah. no clue. She did. Yeah. She definitely did. Does that mean that she's not Australian because she played at UConn? No, she could definitely still be Australian. <laughs> I don't think that means I that. I think she's American-born. <laughs> I can't think of whoever the third person is, but Shyla Hill does become the fourth one. And we talk about it all, this, all the time. Top ten? Top ten. Okay, hold on. I'll count. Appreciate you, sir. You're the greatest. Um, so we always talk about sometimes you want to fall to the best situation. She's going to play behind Courtney Vandersloot. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, one of the greatest point guards in WNBA Who else history. would she want to play behind? N- nobody. And it's a similar situation, right, where the, the, the Sky, they're talented. They have a talented group. You add Candace Parker, you're going to get Diamond DeShields back. You have Courtney Vandersloot and Allie Quigley. Like, y- you expect to be an improved team. You have veterans. No, you're going to be. Yeah, you have veterans. Um, you don't, they don't need her right now to, to be a – five to be a 25 to 30 minutes per game player. She can come in, pick her spots, develop, learn from the best point guard uh, in, the, in the league right now, one of the best point guards of all time, and really get seasoned and get acclimated like you were talking about to Chicago, to the league, in, in a perfect situation for her. What, what you got for me, Salim? You said five. There's five. Give me the names if you can. I just closed the screen. Hold on. Sorry, bro. No, no. Um, Renaya Davis is the next name I want to talk about. Steel. Minnesota Lynx. Damn, the rich get richer. They had her number two on their draft board, according to uh, the St. Paul and Pioneer Press. And she drops Price. to nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a 6-2 forward out of Tennessee. We, we we talk about basketball being both ends of the floor. Yeah. Renaya Davis is both ends of the floor. Uh-huh. You know what got me more than anything? What? That energy in her household when she was drafted. Oh, man. I said she's bringing that to Minnesota? And you know how Minnesota does with player development? Exactly. With, with – with they 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 nail I mean they nail Crystal Crystal Dangerfield in the second round. They know what they're doing. If there's any organization that's like the San Antonio Spurs, that's it's the Minnesota Lynx. Wow. I mean they reload, they develop, they draft well, they make smart signings. They signed Kayla McBride away from the Aces this past offseason. You know uh, Cheryl Reeves got big plans for her. How they're going to use her? Hundred uh, percent. She became more or less just a, a spacer for the Aces the past couple of seasons. Uh, but but as she showed that first year in Las Vegas, she can do a little bit more than that. I mean, she was 18 points a game that year, and Absolutely. you know, playing with Nafisa Collier, um, uh, Sylvia Fowles, Crystal Dangerfield. I mean, they, they're going to have I'm a dynamic you group. Add Renia, you add Renaya Davis yeah. to that. Yes. You I said Nafisa. Oh, you got it. You me. want me to give you the names? Yeah, if you can. So it's actually it's six. I miscounted. Two. Okay. Shyla Hill. Okay. And then uh, Alana Smith. Okay. Then From Stanford. Yeah, that was a couple of years ago. And then last uh, let's year. see. Liz Cambage. Okay. Allison Lacey. Allison Lacey was the name I forgot. Kelsey Griffin. And then Lauren Jackson. Lauren Jackson. Allison Lacey. Allison Lacey is the name I forgot. The TJ Osberger's wife. Absolutely. <laughs> Small world. <laughs> Extremely small, back, right? It all comes back to Vegas, right? It always goes back to UNLV basketball and Salim hates it. But, but, but back to the Lynx anyways. <laughs> yes. um, you know, they were, in the, they were in the semifinals last year. I mean, they're tough. They're, they're a tough basketball team. They, I mean, we – well, let me see if I can if I still have it up, rather. I think I do. So, I went ahead and talked about the, uh, the schedule being released on Wednesday. Yep, yep. So, I was point, pointing out uh, just games to highlight, and I know you're, you're a huge basketball fan, so I'll talk to you about them real quick. Yeah. June 5th, the Chicago Sky go – 
to the LA Sparks, and you know why that's important. Yeah. You already coming. know why yeah, that's yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. CP3 returns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Simone Augustus makes her return to Minnesota. That's my brother's birthday, June 13th. Yep. Um, June 22nd. This is where I wanted to go. The last two champions, the Washington Mystics, are on the road in Seattle against the Storm. Both fully healthy, one-on-one. Are you taking Elena Deladon or Brianna Stewart? Are you making me pick? I, I think I have to. Because for years I was saying, and I didn't care what anybody said to me, I said Elena Deladon is, the, and again, we can we can have this conversation because I'm completely open to having it, not at this second. But it may be a problem in itself that we compare the greats in the WNBA to saying that's the, the whoever of the WNBA. So we can talk about whether that's disrespectful at a later date because I, I am open to having it. Elena Deladon for so long was the WNBA's Kevin Durant to me. And uh, then wait, I saw. Are you sure Kevin Durant wasn't the NBA's Elena Deladon? No, I, I, and I said that Wednesday, and I said we could switch it. I wouldn't care. And uh, then I, I saw uh, Brianna very similar Stewart. skill sets, yeah. And then I saw Brianna Stewart. She, she can do a lot of the same stuff. Fam. She can pass. I don't know which one. She can post up. She can pass. She can shoot from the perimeter. She can drive. Take one. She can rebound. She's an elite defensive player. Whatever answer you give, I'm taking another one. You can't, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong, right? I so mean, that happens on what? That happens on June 22nd. Yep. And on August 28th, Andrew McCautry, or excuse me, August 26th, Andrew McCautry makes her return to Atlanta. I want to go to that game. Like, I personally want to go. You should. I just wanna, Live your life, life, man. Give her buckets. Live your life. I, I'm running everything. Book travel. Through her. <laughs> yeah. Are the going to have fans this year? Uh, protocol still being determined. Nothing's been finalized. Uh, yeah, the, I think the expectation is they they have fans spaced out at Mandalay Bay um, Event Center, also known as the Michelob Ultra. Arena? Right? Did they switch that? Yeah, they, they oh, sold the naming wow. rights. Okay. So, um, you got me? Please forgive me if I, I believe it's Michelob Ultra Arena. Um, got me. But yeah, I think there's there is an expectation, uh, certainly a hope right. that they are there is some fans, um, some some semblance of fans. And just so you guys know, the first inter- we are at the first intermission uh, of this Vegas Golden Knight Anaheim Duck game. And the Knights do hold a 2-1 lead currently. I'm not sure if they're starting. I don't think they're starting up the second period just yet. So we'll let you guys know when that does happen. So let's talk about some other uh, big picks from the second round that I paid attention to. Natasha Mack, 6-4 out of Oklahoma State. We talk about the rich getting richer. She goes to the Chicago Sky. This is why I say they are going to be better. Thought she would have been a good fit. Good pick for the Aces at 11. 100%. Uh, led the country in shot blocking. Uh, 6'4", super athletic, can finish around the rim. Uh, I think she's ready to contribute day one. Mature Absolutely. player, been through the, you know, Juco, had to earn her stripes, uh, had to earn a scholarship at Oklahoma State, and was tremendous uh, during her career there. So, yeah, I think she's, I think she's a, a steal in the second round. I really do. You know who goes right after her? Go ahead. Dee Dee Richards of Baylor. Yeah. So, if you know Dee Dee's personal story about suffering temporary paralysis and relearning ha- how to walk, and when I when I tore my Achilles, my doctor even mentioned that he was afraid that I had broke my foot where it bends. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what does that mean? He was like, unfortunately, you would have to relearn how to walk. Yeah. So to see her make that climb and get drafted, and again, we talk about situations. You know who else gonna, is going to be better next season? Who? The New York Liberty. For sure. You get Sabrina Ionescu. You want her to be healthy this you essentially season. Essentially, it's like she hasn't even played. She played what? Two this games? is her rookie year. Yeah, for sure. This is her rookie year. And you go out and you steal Natasha Howard from the Seattle Storm. Yeah. And yep. then you add somebody like D.D. Richards. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and don't forget about the first round pick. Michaela. Onyueta. Yep. Combo Fourth forward. leading scorer of all time at UCLA. Can, hey, combo forward can 
too big and strong for smaller defenders, can quick enough to get by bigger ones, can rebound, can bang. I think that's a great – like, she's going to play right away. Instantly. Yeah, and be a contributor. They're, I like what New York's doing. I think the league – Bill Beer touched on this in his press conference, man, and, and I want to get your take. And it's There's never been more talent. Like, the players are so skilled. The, the league is – every team is good, has good players – and, and and most teams have you know a lot of good players. It's just that the Aces, teams like the Aces and the Mystics and the Storm, have an abundance of good players. But right. the skill level, you take a look at where the league was at is at now. Just compared like five years ago, you mentioned Diamond to Shields. It's night and day. Yeah, she's like, coming back. She's a hooper. Like she's one of the best players hooper. in the league. Man, shout out to Sequoia Holmes, Las Vegas product. I just wanna I just wanna highlight that. I talked to Sequoia not too long ago too. Um, She's overseas getting buckets as well. You know what's interesting about Sequoia Holmes, and this is just random. We're talking about um, we're talking about uh, professional basketball. Have you have you had the chance to look at Sequoia's numbers overseas? No. Nah. Is she balling? I wouldn't. I, I know she's a hooper, her period. rebounding numbers are out of this world. You know she's um, thirty four, I believe, going to be thirty five, and is still getting. I mean, she's still. She can still. Dunk, I mean, her rebounding. Numbers, she can dunk that ball. That, she can dunk the ball. And you know how she's I still feel. getting up at, right. at this right. stage. Right. She's not any taller than I am. She's shorter than I am, and she's getting up. I'm telling you, she's this getting is, up. She's she's really really integral in talk that talk media's basketball analysis. Yeah. She's she's somebody who is is real real good to us. So shout out to Sequoia, most definitely. Um, I was wrong about slightly, but Unique Thompson went first. Okay. Then it was DJ yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it was Michaela Kelly. But let's talk about those teams. They went 19, 20, and 21 in the second round. Unique Thompson went to Indiana. Yeah. She had a chance to make the team. We, I was about to say, we talk about forwards in Indiana. We, I mean, my Pacers, our, our slogan is we grow basketball here. But the fever of struggle for a while now. For quite some time. So yeah. that's why she has, like you just said, she has an avenue. Yeah. She has an avenue to make the team. Yep. And if she starts to play well, she has an avenue to, to get minutes. To be a, a pillar. I mean, the in, Indiana needs pillars. We talk about how much better the league is. That's one franchise that I feel like has been kind of stuck in the mud the last few years. And they have – don't get me wrong. They have good players. Um, Kelsey Mitchell, Erica Wheeler, they, they have talent. They have – Absolutely. They've, they've – but just from a top-to-bottom standpoint, they're way – they're far off. And this next team that made these next two picks, Indigene Carrington and Michaela Kelly, they're not too far off. And that's the Connecticut Sun. Yeah. How far are they from a WNBA championship? Well, they're in the finals a couple years ago, and they played yes. last year without John Quell Jones, Eight. their star. And I think she's one of the, I don't know, eight to ten best players in the world right now, and you could argue even higher. Yeah, and I was going to she's up there. There's a, they're extremely well coached. They play hard. They play together. You add her back in the fold, I don't know. Now, Alyssa Thomas banged up. That's not yes. good. That, that yeah. she, she, is a, she does everything under the sun. But – Pun intended there, by the way. Literally. That was a bar. <laughs> that was a bar. But, uh, but no, having, having John Cole Jones back is huge, and, and you know that they, 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 they develop talent, and they're going to play the right way and play at a high level. This next pick in the Los Angeles Sparks that they made at, at uh, 22, 100%. I'm pretty sure you're with me. There was no way I anticipated that she would get to the second round. If she did, no more than the first three or four picks. Mm -hmm. And that's Sorella Guriante. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Out of a, a guard out of Rutgers, can you make it make sense? Because first of all, Derek Fisher was ecstatic yeah. that she dropped to where she dropped to, but for the rest of the league that passed on her, and for the Aces who passed on her multiple times, granted you talk about feeding, uh, needing, uh, filling needs. Yeah. So maybe the Aces didn't need them, but we're talking about other teams who passed on Ariel, or excuse me, on Arella. What 
What was your takeaway? Because I'm, I'm telling you, man, we're a couple days removed. I don't have an answer. Still, late in the second round. So you see it happens. Sometimes it happens. Again, that's a situation where they're not necessarily rebuilding. You have the Agumu case. Exactly. You got Christy Tolliver coming back. They're going to be solid. They're going to be rock solid. But it is a new era without Candace Parker. And uh, they, you want to get that new era going, like finding players like her late in the second round is a good, good way to start. For sure. So, um, Who else to be? Oh, Nadia Jones, forward from Texas A&M, going to Seattle as well. I mean, you, you continue to talk about these picks that are being made. But I think – What's interesting more than anything, that second period is get, uh, getting ready to get underway, uh, guys, over in Anaheim. But I think that what's interesting to me is even with the names that we're mentioning, no disrespect to the women that we're mentioning, but these organizations, we keep rattling them off. Mm -hmm. Whether it's Minnesota, whether it's Seattle, whether it's the Sparks. We mentioned the Wings. We started that. We started this with the Wings. These organizations, some organizations at the end of the day, Sam, they just do it better, right? Right. Yeah. Just has yeah, to be. That's what it is. Uh, so – Trying to figure out if we got anything from the third uh, from the third round. Lindsey Pulliam um, um, going from Northwestern to Atlanta. I think, once again, that's two. Uh, I don't think – who did they get in the second round? Did Atlanta even have a second-round pick? Atlanta got um, center Raquel Carrera from Spain in the second round. But aside from that, their first and their third-round picks in Ari McDonald and then, of course, in Lindsey Pulliam, uh, both guard play. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and, and just to be clear, like third-round picks – it's tough, right? You're, sure. It's an uphill battle to make the roster, but you can find players in the third round. You can. Sure. I did a story on it last year for the Las Vegas Review Journal because the Aces only had one pick last year. They had a third-round pick. So um, it's it's rare. It's hard to do. But depending on the, the, the fit, the situation, there, there's going to be opportunities there. At the very least, you come in, you compete in training camp, and you, you try and earn your minutes. So, um, yeah, it's a good. It's, I think it's a good pick. It's an upside pick. Take a swing. Why not? Speaking of taking a swing, the last pick in the draft belonged to the Aces, Keanu Jeter. She's a bucket, Towson. bucket of Towson, 23 a game. Yeah, she was, she dominated her level of competition. We'll see how it translates, but she dominated her level of comp, and that's all you can ask for. Absolutely. We have a little less than seven minutes to go in this show. Uh, my dad's tip in is something that I wanted you to talk about anyway yeah. because you love the fight game, fam. <laughs> let's, talk, let's see what my dad's tip in is. It's, pre it's actually pretty short, <laughs> but he said Jake Paul. Yeah. This is a guy who so far in the boxing ring has personified the term talk the talk. If you talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. I like the way you did that. He is one of the biggest mouths that, uh, excuse me, he's one of the big mouths that if you don't like what he's saying, shut him up. Like the old football quote goes, and I forgot who said it, but he said that he know that I would. That person was T.O. Terrell Owens said this. If you don't like how I celebrate, keep me from scoring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, I got, I'm going to finish ahead, off finish real quick. Off, yep. uh, he said, Paul has knocked out Nate Robinson so bad that it became a meme. Last night he finished Ben Askren in the first, uh, via first-round TKO. The next person to beef with Jake Paul better have some boxing skills to back it up. Jake Paul, right, polarizing for a number of reasons. We don't need to get into all those. I think they kind of <laughs> speak facts. for themselves. But True. I will say this, man. Love him or hate him, I, he's good for boxing. He brings eyes to boxing. He brings energy to boxing. He he engages a whole new sector of fans, of younger fans, uh, a little bit more modern audi audience, millennials. Mm -hmm. Boxing fell out of the mainstream. Let, let's not forget, boxing, 60s, 70s, 80s, even in the mid-90s, mid to late 90s, was a very, very mainstream sport. And with, sure. with us growing up, we're around the same age, same generation. Boxing fell out of the mainstream a little bit. And I think with the gluttony – 
I like that word today. The gluttony like of, the of, of young fighters. You have Teofimo Lopez. You have Devin Haney. You have Ryan Garcia. You have Tank Davis. Shakur Stevenson. Thank Sh- you. You have Shakur <laughs> Stevenson. Absolutely. Boots Ennis, who just put on a show last weekend, right? There are a so lot. So much talent. There, yes, there is. And, the fight and, game, we can go on and, and on. And that's, that's a start. And then having people like Jake Paul and Logan Paul do these cards and, and link with Triller and what they're doing by making it more about entertainment. Again, love them or hate them, there were a lot of eyes on boxing last night that probably sure. wouldn't have been otherwise, and that's all you can ask for from the sports perspective. Boxing that is in a great spot right I now. I think so, so too. This is the most talent, I mean, young talent we've had in boxing, I think, in a long time. In a really long time. And, like, I'm and so excited for the future right now. Yeah, and, and you have so, you have an, an all-time great like Canelo Alvarez in his prime. You have interest in the heavyweight division with Tyson Fury sure. and Anthony Joshua and their impending fight. What's, we're going to see what's happening there. But but the YouTubers, I mean, the, these guys, uh, the personalities yeah. entering the fight game, all all good for the sport, in my in my honest opinion. So because of that, my guess is that they wouldn't want Jake Paul to lose anytime soon, right? Yeah, build him up a little bit more, probably get him some, get him some more rounds. But there's going to be a point where there's a, a payday there to be had with Conor McGregor or Floyd Mayweather, mm-hmm. and that money is just going to be too big. Like it's it's they're going to go for it, right? Right, and and as they should. And this weight is different because I was I was telling Salim that if you want to, for me, yeah. Granted, I understand. I mean, I'm not trying to discredit Ben Askren's uh, fighting or combat sports career by no means. Sure. But watching him fight, I never took him as a boxer. Well, he wasn't much he's of a not boxer, a boxer, right? He's, he's never not. boxed. You know. But my point is, we saw what Jorge Masvidal, George Masvidal, whatever you want to call him, did to him in six seconds. He was shooting for a takedown. Mm-hmm. George or Jorge Masvidal is a boxer first. Yep. So he wanted nothing to do with his hands. He never has. He, I mean, he he's a wrestler. Nothing to do with it. He's a. That's what he is. A world class wrestler, and you don't play boxing. Like it's At one all. of these things. Like Jake Paul, say what you will about him, he's been training for a couple years now. Oh, hundred percent. And that's why I said before, even if it started as a joke, it's not now. No. The guy can box. That's what I keep telling people. Even if he started as a joke, it's not now. Right. So Shakur Stevenson said on Friday. Can we have him fight a real boxer now? I I wouldn't mind seeing him in there with somebody that's you know has some boxing experience. I have a name for you. Yeah. We're gonna see how you feel about this, and we're gonna end this show because I'm, I'm running out of here. Get him in there. You ready to get him in there with a heavy hitter? See, and that's the funny part because I said it. I said that. I'd like to see it honestly. It's, it sounds disrespectful, Say it. but if he beats this person, you got it, fam. Drop names. Even at 37 years old, if you can do that to Badu Jack, you got it. You want him in there with Badu Jack? If you can do it Come to Badu, on, Jack. Badu Jack. He has almost 30 pounds on Badu Jack. He's a champion. Badu Jack is a champion. He has almost 30 pounds on Badu Jack. Badu Jack could carry. Uh, he's boxed. He fought 175. He could get up there I'm if he needs to. I'm aware. You want him to fight Badu All I said was if he does it to Badu Jack, I get it. Well, well yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a big-time <laughs> boxer. That's all I said. Yeah. No, but we know him as a big-time boxer. Now, granted, you could have some people that's like, I want to see him against Canelo. It's not, it's not happen. happening. No. So that's why I say of, of, uh, of Badu Jack because he fought on the Triller card. He fought on Tyson Jones card. Yeah, he did. He did. So if you if you want to keep the Triller family together, okay. Badu Jack is a boxer. Jake Paul, you do that to Badu Jack, my hat is beyond off to you. Beyond off to you, you got it, fam. Of course. Of course. I'm with you. But I don't are they ready to put him in the ring? I don't ring? think they're going to do it. No, why should they? They're making, they're making Guap doing this. Getting him in there, but see, but, this, but this, is what's, this is what's not going to happen. You can't tell me that he's going to box Karis Levert next week, and I'm supposed to get amped about it. Like exactly, the Nate Robinson yeah. thing, there were a lot of people that were really geeked about it. I just want to see Nate box. That's all it is, though. We, we saw it, and I think that's 
Yeah, and then we saw what we saw. Ben Askren, as much as people that didn't that wanted to see Jake Paul lose, it wasn't very many people that was rooting for Ben Askren. Yeah. Kind of like. So that's why. Let's just. Pete but I, I, I just wish people would be like Sam and be honest. You can get him to fight a Badu Jack. Pete You're not going to do it. He said it last night. He said, I don't like either of these guys. I'm just happy one of them is going to get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Davidson is comedy, man. Yeah, he's, he's a he's legend funny. already. Um, Sam, what we got? We're ending it up, man. What we got? Uh, I mean, I uh, not a whole lot, man. One day at a time. I will be out um, at the NFL Draft. Oh, in Cleveland, game. on behalf of the Review Journal. Game. So if you want to tap in, you know, maybe uh, maybe I can call in for a segment. Absolutely. Um, if it ain't too late, or we can tape something. If you want to check it. in, but I'm uh, really excited about that, man. We, as you as you guys all know, Vegas is hosting the draft uh, in 2021 yep. or 2022 rather, and I'm just you know I'm going out there and going to see what it's looking like, and uh, you can find my coverage in the Review Journal. So appreciate you letting me come on and rock. Always, always love right. talking WNBA, basketball, boxing, whatever you name it. As um, always. Yeah. That's talk. Great show. Talk that talk. Sammy G. We appreciate you. Anytime. Until Wednesday, guys, keep on talking.